At Coco Talk, we'd like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show. So our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Alan Murphy, Amigos Retro Gaming, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Randolph of Dinty's Hideaway, Eric Canales, Graham Vebke, Glenn Hewitt, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Dowds, Jenna Farron, Ken Riker, Kyle Etter, Malfunct, Michael Pitsley, Rick Eulen, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Paul Thayer, Rob Inman, Stephen Wagner, Steve Batson, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encouraged, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calor computer. It's time to drop your socks, grab your real time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Coker Talk, episode 202, the show that just keeps getting on, getting better, despite all the loud keyboard clacking I hear from the panel right now. Good afternoon, everybody. All right, everybody, welcome to Coco Talk, episode 202. Get ready for the best part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading uh, we like to recycle oh, It never gets old. It never gets old. Welcome, everybody. Amigos Retro Gaming is out there. Boat of oh, car. Yes. And we have got Nick Marota. We have oh. got Mark O. We've got Sloopy. We've got L. Curtis B. We've got Dave and Sharon. We've got Terry Steggy. We've got Jim Rye. Tom Eric Gunderson is out there. TJB Chris and Samuel Gimes and Mark Overholzer. David Ladd. Frederick D. Provencia. Frodo NL Retro ENG. Kevin Holloway. And Mikey, he likes it. He likes it. Scott Cooper, 8 Bits in the Basement. And Chuck Allison is out there. Paco Atakte, Frederick. And my goodness, we have got more people in the live audience than we do in the panel right now. And good afternoon, everybody. And this is amazing. And of course, we've got an incredible, incredible uh, panel in store for you as well. So we're just going to go around the room. We're going to start with everyone's favorite Australian game developer. You know him. You love him because he likes to say, crikey, it's Nicholas Morentes. Good eye, Nick. 
I was just oh, going to say, I didn't know Craig Stewart was on today. <laughs> yeah, you put me first. <laughs> that threw me. <laughs> I hadn't woken up yet. Good day, everyone. Good day, Nick. Uh, we're going to skip over Mr. Enthusiasm. We'll save him for last. We'll save the best for last. We've got a guy who takes live streaming literally. He's an internet celebrity. You know him. You love him. It's Grant Leedy. Hello, Grant. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. And Rondell Vaux is up to his game here. He has got a slideshow behind him showing off all kinds of cool cocoa imagery now. Uh, Rondell Vaux, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. I might not be on long. Today's my mother's birthday. She's coming over. We're going to have a party and stuff. Oh, excellent. Happy well, birthday, tell her. She made it to Happy birthday. birthday. God bless. God bless. Amazing. It yep. is. It is. And we'll um, make it even more birthday. special by making sure Stevie does not sing it out loud yeah. to your mom. Happy so. birthday, yeah. Mrs. Delvo. <laughs> Happy That's birthday. That's not the version I remember. Right. Uh, she don't want us her to sing it to you. Okay. <laughs> That's rough. We've also been joined by Alexander Wallace and Qui-Gon in the live chat. Chuck Allison is out there saying crikey, eight bits in the in the basement is here. Ken Reichert. Will Greg live stream is what Ken wants to know. We've got a guy driving somewhere. Speaking of birthdays, and since we have the panel assembled, we could all do a live rendering of Happy Birthday, Sarah, because today is the lovely Sarah's birthday, the, be the best half of Jason Reichard, uh, a.k.a. Sarah. It's her birthday, so Jason is, is, is transporting the birthday. Go, you guys ready to sing Happy Birthday to Sarah? Ready. Okay, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mother Effing Sarah. Happy birthday. Sorry about your bad taste in men. Wait right there. Uh, stop right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Stop. Okay. Stop right there. And, this, might be an inside, this might be an inside joke, but does Jason have to get her the sandwich this time? Oh, it's her birthday. Are you going to make her a sandwich, Jason? I took care of that. We went to the drive-thru at Wendy's. <laughs> Here's your burger. Happy birthday. All right. Where, where are you kids? Asparagus. Yeah, where are you kids off to today? Oh, just to uh, head off head off into the highways and byways of the tri-state area. I'm going to meet up with some friends and uh, have some uh, celebrate her birthday uh, later today. All right, all right. We have from the NL, we have Frodo NL with us. Hello, Frodo. Hi there. Welcome. Thank you for being here. We got a guy. Yeah, Curtis uh, twisted my arm. He twisted your arm. Uh, wait, <laughs> listen. Uh, we do that. We do have harassment uh, charges that can be filed, and I'll be a wait. I'll be a witness as ne if necessary. So yeah. Um, uh, we got a guy who likes to collect things. Um, I'm not sure if he qualifies as a hoarder because everything looks organized and on shelves, and he probably has a list. So if it's organizing and you know what you have and you know where it is, it's not hoarding. Brian Weasler's with us. Hello, Brian. Hello, all. Welcome. To Welcome the show. to the program. We got a guy who sometimes has a frog in his throat, but he often makes uh, Rudy Tooty sounds that come out of various orifices on his body. You know him as the Music Man. It's Brian Schubing. Welcome, Brian. I am the Tooty Fruity Devil. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Oh my! How's everybody goodness. doing? Thank you for having me on board. Thank you for being here. I know a question came up on Facebook recently. Could you use the cocoa as a MIDI synthesizer? I think you started answering that. The cocoa itself 
can't be the synthesizer, but it can certainly be the controller and the sequencer. So we have we have experts in the field standing by to answer your questions live on Facebook and in Discord. Your uh, your your community experts are standing by. Um, we got a guy whose name is so nice. We must say it thrice. Let's say it once. Let's say it twice. Let's say David Lad. Oh, <laughs> you see, you knew it. Yes, you knew that no. was coming. Yes, I yes. did know. I didn't do the one, two, three because I knew. Right. I was this time. I saw you were going to pull the football out of the way. All right, here it is. Here it is. This is the right button for for you. No, it's not. Stop right there. No, no, no. That's not the right button. Okay, let's try this one here. Thank you. Yes, you're too kind, and thank you. Is that the one? Now, how about okay, this? I got another button here. I think it's the toilet flush button, isn't it? It's a real bargain. Okay, let's try this again. Name so nice. You must say it thrice. You know him. You love him. It's none other than... Nick Marona. Marona. There you go, Nick. How you doing, Nick? I am fine. Thank you very much. That's funny. Thank you for Until that segment. Yes, he was fine. You said we have an outstanding panel today. So should we leave before they get here? That's or, it. That's how's it. How's the turnover going to happen? It's, it's going to happen. Now to this okay. next guy, I only have three words to say to you. Those three words would be... Bless your heart. Bless your heart, everybody. It's Terry Steggy. How you doing there, Terry? Hey, everybody. Oh, Terry. Oh. I, I've oh. been praying for you, Terry. So, uh... Oh, God. I'm... <laughs> Uh, he's speaking of collectors, Terry's got a couple of things in the background there behind him too. But uh, things, yeah. I don't think you've quite qualified as having a problem yet, right? You have everything under control. You can quit at any time, right? I got a lot of TDP stuff. <laughs> I might have a problem. Uh, speaking of having problems, L. Curtis Boyle is with us. Hello, Curtis. Hello, everyone. <laughs> the host of Michael Furman's favorite part of the show, Snoozy Newsy. It's L. Curtis Boyle, everybody. And uh, it's he's not going to like today. Then he's he's going to have a very short nap. Ah, uh, our resident Atari guy is here, maker of Drive Wireless. Sloopy Malibu's in the house. Hello, Sloopy. Greetings and sanitations. Greetings and salivations to you. And we got a guy who's working on Coco Networking, among many other things. Rick Eulens here. How are you, Rick? Oh, fairly well. Melting, in fact. Melting, in fact. All right. We got a guy who is quick on the draw to post the links to the news as Curtis reads them. Mark Overholzer is posting them. Thank you for being here, Mark D. Overholzer. Glad to be here. We have our backup streamer and engineer, Mark Bosley's with us. Hello, Mark. Hello. And we saved the best, the absolute very best for last. We have a guy who we know, who we love. We like to call him David Ladd. And David, I have a question for you. David, are you excited to be here today? Oh, is it time for me to wake up now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, 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 I'm here. Yes, yes, I'm um, alive. David. Everybody ready? David, I'm not feeling the enthusiasm. Can we try this again? Can you take it from the top, this time with feeling? The cue is, David, are you excited to be here? Okay, and I fast forward, Stevie. That's it, and uh, I am your host with the least Stevie Stroh here. We, I'm the conductor of this train wreck for today. Rob Inman has the day off; he's taking his Cocoa Talk paid time off. He's earned it. And um, what's the topic today? We got anything? No. All right. Good night, everybody. We're pressing the button. All right, now we are going to move right into um, everyone's favorite uh, part of the show. 
we and there and, and honestly all parts of the show are the best parts of the show right because this is just an amazing show been saying this for years it's fantastic it's incredible it's an amazing show some fantastic Don't people modest. modest incredible people doing incredible things Here's. on this show um yeah hold on my arm is hurting from patting myself on the back here but uh this is where we do updates and acquisitions this is where the people who do not have problems who have everything under control and who can quit at any time are going to show us the latest piles of crap they've added to their collection this week um on that note i know how to sell it don't i, I should go into a career in marketing uh who wants to be first up with show and tell this week project updates acquisitions stories to tell feelings to share i see uh vice president of the glenside color computer club bless his heart it's mr terry steggy terry says he's got something he wants to show i need to figure out see i've taken a week off and i don't remember how to control zoom there we go spotlight uh you have you're in the spotlight mr steggy i'm gonna break these cameras uh, i got a couple cool things um I, I got a uh, radio shack mug i thought that was pretty cool very nice it's clean even it's even clean. Yeah. Was it new or was it used? Well, did you have to scrape out like burnt coffee in the bottom of the mug or anything? Or? No burnt coffee, no uh, dentures, nothing. It was oh, wow. nice awesome. So I was happy about that. Very nice. <laughs> Great catch. Not, not cocoa related, but I thought it was kind of cool. I got the Radio Shack uh, RC truck. Thing. Nice. So and then Mr., uh, Mr. Ed Schneider uh, for my Vader cocoa made me a black um mega mini, mega mini. Yeah. oh yep. Ooh, so i thought that was pretty cool of it that is so. very cool gotta that get a shot of it together stuff <laughs> yeah that'd be as as ron Delvo says a, a picture of that plugged into your darth vader coco would be nice to see at some point in time that'll be next i just can't lift anything at the moment ah, so. <laughs> okay now um it would be neat if there was like red blinking lights and stuff and all that kind of stuff you know so yeah, I've got a, a couple LED, uh, USB LEDs set up on okay. my computer that I was just going to plug into it and have it probably down on the inside, maybe glowing. I don't know. We'll see. Very cool. Well, that's that's neat. cool of him to do that for me. So. <laughs> night, night. What else you got? That's all I got right oh, now. What a loser. Thanks for wasting our time, Terry. Well, <laughs> I do have all, <laughs> I got all three versions of Downland, if you'd like oh, to Oh, okay. Yeah, I would. Just, Let's see it. Can you read the catalog it, numbers? And, you uh, do look it, well organized. Is that a two on the Brian Weasler scale? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's not <laughs> no, a competition. No, no. Yeah, much like the game on, it's not a competition. However, we do have a list of who has gotten the best each week, and so far, you're on the bottom of that list. No, but that's okay. We love you. Yeah, bless Carrie, you. I will see your, yeah. Carrie, Don't I will see worry, your stuff Carrie. and raise you by one. So. <laughs> yeah. oh, I know that. <laughs> Don't worry, Terry. You know, you said you can't lift anything. Don't worry. Uh, Stevie can't carry you, too. Oh. Can you put Sarah on? Can you put the better half on, Jason? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do we trade? So yeah, Brian, we, we Weasler, upgrade, Brian Weasler, a guy who gets a few things every now and then. Okay, so Terry has shown us two things. How many things are you going to show us, sir? Uh, five. Okay. All right. So, so the, slow day. I'll okay, see your two ahead. and I'll raise you. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, a couple uh, a couple dragon items that I got uh, from over the pond. Thank you. Um, yes, got a... you're too kind, and thank you. <laughs> got a uh, cartridge. Okay, uh, Me here, uh... meteoroids. 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 Yep. 
So I got this, got that card. They're, they're a little different looking. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't have a little shutter on the back of them though. It's just a okay. case. So, yep. That's a neat cartridge. Um, and, and you noticed couple... the screw was on the bottom too. Did you notice that? So it yeah. did not go. Now is, there, is the label on the other side? Now this is interesting. Unlike the cassettes that got really good labels and artwork, this <laughs> cartridge is very generic. But still, generic. Yeah. they did put a screw on the bottom where if you had a fancy you puncture the label, label, you wouldn't screw yeah. that up. I like that. I like. That I noticed design. it's got thumb grips uh, there to pull it out with too, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cartridges used to come in a pretty nice uh, packaging, though. That was a lot like the cassette. Uh, boxes on the outside too so similar labels outside okay so it had the good packaging on the exterior yeah okay just cool. the label on the cart was kind of yeah no that's yeah. cool i've never seen the dragon cartridge before neat and then a uh, couple pieces of um dragon music software this is called music maker okay and it came in this little thing here with the with the uh, uh documentation and it's a, a cassette type okay. of a program and then another one here uh, this one actually has the a nice box on it. It's a um, dragon. Uh, it's called Music Box. Music Box. Look at that. See, that is nice packaging. And uh, again, it has the um, documentation and uh, nice, cassette. nice cassette and manual. Sexy has joined us. Karen, hey, sexy. So, what's missing? Um, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't. Know if this is like a multi-purpose type yeah, of uh, cartridge. You know, where you it could have a cartridge or cassette. Yeah, I don't know. It makes you a little nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something might be missing. Um, another item here, uh, color disc scripts it. I've been wanting to get this one here. It's the uh, the, uh, the the disc version of it, and it also had the um, which isn't very common. Where'd it go? It had the keyboard. Oh, overlay. the template. Oh, neat. Yeah. So it, it came with that. that so. And that this week's game of the week. Color disc scripts <laughs> it. Yeah, where you can type color in your own high score. And then uh, another item here that um, Neil on the uh, RMC, uh, the, the Cave uh, YouTube channel. Okay. He had, he had done this, uh, maybe it was three months ago. Um, this is not exactly Coca related, but uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm going to try it with some of the cassettes. This is a cassette player that can be mounted into like the your five and a quarter bay, like where your CD-ROM would oh, be on a regular wow. PC. Oh, wow. Interesting. Half height, five and a quarter bay mount. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you can play cassettes in here. It's not software dependent. It's strictly hardware. So there is this card that you can plug into the back of it. Okay, that's kind but, of just a pass through for all your various outputs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you can pass through to the back, and then these all go to your, these plug into the back of your computer. So it's kind of independent. But it does have this like SCSI type cable, or not SCSI, but uh, that's a uh, serial cable. Yeah. Um, if you were using the software, supposedly you're supposed to be able to control this control thing it. with software. Oh wow! Yeah. It's a serial port. Through the through the serial port, but uh, yeah, so I thought it might be kind of neat to maybe play some of the uh, cassettes that I have, and then convert them over to WAV files on the PC. I mean, there's obviously other ways we can do it. Yeah, but, no, this is that is a really a that is a really neat um, looking device. Yeah, it's very like '90s high tech looking. Like that would have looked really good in a mul in the back in the days of the beige towers, your multimedia PCs mm -hmm. with your dual floppies and your CD-ROMs and stuff. That would have looked really good in that tower. The color scheme was there, the buttons and everything. Yeah, what's the black thing in the in the bottom right hand corner of it there? Um, I haven't played it. It, uh, it might be a oh, it's the eject button. Eject. Oh, okay. So it'd be kind of your your um yeah, because here's your pause, your pause and play, and yeah. your fast forward, and this would be your eject. So yep. that is really cool. 
How common are those? I mean, are those things, do do um, you see them very often? About once a month, one pops up on there. Um, sometimes they're out already like this here. Ones in the box will go for 150 to $200. Now, I'm wondering uh, if that would slide into your automobile too, like a like a radio deck that you could slide in your vehicle. Uh, I suppose if it had the, if it was the right width there, it yeah. may, may slide in there, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking to upgrade my vehicle with a cassette <laughs> there, player there at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, finally getting rid of the 8-track, eh? Yeah, getting rid of the 8-track. Plus it's deck, the, too. Yep. So, yeah. So I picked that up, so I'm going to mount that into the... Uh, into my PC. That would then, be kind uh, of cool if you're doing a Coco repack too, right? You could actually oh, have you the sure. repack with yep. your cassette player in the in the, assuming you're putting it in a case. That would be kind of neat for that, yeah. Well, my next item here, the one we were kind of maybe uh, trying to guess the oh, other day on voice chat. Yeah. Yes. So, so those of you that happen to be on uh, Discord uh, the other day, and there. If you're not so, on Discord, you should be. If you're not on Discord, <laughs> you should be. Uh, this one here, uh, it it. Uh, not exactly politically correct a little bit, meaning, you know, we're in, we're in 2021 and this thing was made back in 1987. And so the, the premise of it might be a little off, but I think, I still think it's cool. It's called the blaster. It, uh, it's kind of interesting. It looks like a joystick. Okay. It so, does. It does. But why? It, the, the artwork is what caught me. Um, so basically, let me read a little bit on the outside here. It, it says like, uh, where is it at here? Uh, three new options for revenge. The blaster simulates sound effects of a machine gun, a searing laser, and a nuclear bomb. For those times when you either, uh, when either of them, uh, it's either them or you. Uh, don't get angry. Get even. Aim it. Blast it. <laughs> no mess. No fuss. Uh, conviction. Uh, be aware of addiction, though. But it's uh, it, <laughs> the, art, the, the artwork is what caught me. At yeah, first. absolutely. And I thought it was some kind of a joystick, and the price was relatively low, and so it was more just kind of the novelty of it. Right. So it looks like it looks like this. It does. It looks like a joystick. Yeah. Right. And it has the buttons and everything, but it runs on a nine volt battery, as we were okay. talking about. And we'll see if this comes through on my microphone. But you can. The idea is you can stick this on your desk, uh-huh. or you can stick it, or it has Velcro so you can put it on the dash. And if you're getting angry at somebody and you, you need to uh, need a little uh, therapy there, you can. Uh, there you go. There's you can your, blast your them. Tommy gun right there. there you go. <laughs> or you can. There's your, la- there's your laser, or the you can drop a bomb on them. Cool. <laughs> I don't it's, it's totally not Coca related, but it's kind of from the era. It has the right sounds, you know. Things yeah, that would yeah, very eight bit. I was gonna say you could probably pull yeah. the sound chip out of that and and make a project <laughs> board where you could, you know, make the cocoa trigger those sound effects. Right. So, but anyway, there's I our sound card. There's your sound I card just, right there. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. I just thought it was kind of neat. Like I said, the art the artwork on the box is what kind of caught me because. Uh, yeah, that is neat. I've never seen anything like that before, so that is kind of cool. So, but anyway. So, but uh, yeah, in today's world of guns and everything else and stuff, so I'm not sure how. But anyway, With rising entertainment cool. cost, that's a real bargain. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, <laughs> was that your last one? That was my last item. All right. Sure. Well, that was um, the emperor is not completely amused. So send more Christians to the lions. So. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. Thank you for sharing. And who else has uh, something to share with us? Oh, Frodo is raising his hand. Yeah, I uh, got one. This is the reason that uh, 
I was uh, twi my arm was twisted to come on here because uh, it was felt that uh, since I wore it on stream earlier, I should also show this here. Ah, nice. Got my, uh, Coco, Coco Tuck. Tuck. Very nice. Uh, Excellent shirt. <laughs> Excellent shirt, sir. Great taste yeah. in fashion. The same color as mine. I have a question for you, I'm Frodo. My after dark shirt, same color. So yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you, Frodo. With with COVID and you know shipping overseas and stuff, how long did it take between ordering and getting I'm it? Actually, I'm actually looking up when exactly I ordered it. I have something else in the moment that I want to show too, but that's not uh, uh, acquisition. Actually, I'll show that first. Actually, let me, if I can share my screen. I ah, know I can't because other participants. Hold on, I will stop sharing. Because I have one little thing I want to show since uh, it was just uh, visible there. Let me see. This is actually the box that oh, uh, that comes nice. in. Oh, nice! That is really nice. There we go. That holds up to the standards of dragon artwork I'm used to seeing. Meteoroids. Yeah. Meteoroids. That's a hard word to say. I thought you might like that one. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Now, see if that label was on the cartridge, that would have been solid gold. You know, that's. Um, <laughs> I would imagine we can reproduce that and make a label for the cartridge with that artwork. So it's an outside box and then an inside box, and that's where the yeah the whole thing oh, is on. Very nice. Very cool. Yeah. I thought I'd quickly share that. Yeah. Um, and I will look up when exactly I ordered the shirt, because it arrived yesterday, and it came from Sweatshirt Partner. It was ordered on the 31st of January, so it took us over a month, but I noticed that it especially got stuck in the States, because when I uh, looked up, it uh, took about, uh, I think, last week somewhere before it uh, left the state. I got Oh, track. so it was like held up in something, um, customs or something, getting out. Everything okay, is getting see. held up in the States. Exactly. Yeah, it, uh, it was uh, with FedEx uh, from uh, the 31st of January, and it left the States on the 3rd of March, and then it got here very quick. Wow, so it took, it was, wow. it set in a, set for a month somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it started in somewhere on the East Coast, and it went to the West Coast, towards uh, uh, California, and then it came uh, in my direction at the end. Hmm. Always fun. International yeah. mail. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> Looks well, good it's a nice shirt. I like it. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, all right, who else has a project update or acquisition they would like to share with us? I see Brian, the music man, Shoebring is raising his hand. Hello, Brian. Yeah, I think you're still okay, muted. Okay, I there just had to get my... Uh, uh, oh, you're, not, okay. you're not muted. You're, you're, not, you're not muted anymore. No, no. No, I just had to unmute. Uh, just, just a few things. Uh, as most people know, I've been doing... I've been doing a lot of amateur radio, or in the past, I haven't been doing too much right now because my antennas have been blown down. But some old equipment that I've been messing with, again, this is uh, a packet modem for uh, packet radio and all that that I've been messing around with and that I used to do a lot with uh, with it, but not really a lot with the cocoa, and I've been good hooking it back up for the cocoa and trying to get some uh, software written and uh, some other equipment that I've got. If everybody can see that, this yeah. is um, another TNC, but this is an old one from Japan. It was um, for doing RIDI, uh, CW, uh, ASCII communications, you know, which is basically five 
bit um, ASCII communications because they didn't use full seven bits worth and that. So I've been messing with that. And uh, I finally got some proper solder. Ah. <laughs> some cheap China stuff that uh, um, didn't melt quite right. So this I got some of the real good stuff that uh, the 4347. Dash oh one. Oh no, yeah, sorry, wrong product. No, no, eight, eight <laughs> millimeter. You know, it melts a whole lot better. And okay, it does. This comes up to the next things. An that old switch box. Switch box. Exactly. Oh. With some switches. Okay. Now this looks oh. like a product that Jason Reichard might provide in the future. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what it is is that. For, with the uh, different equipment, you have to, you know, with the cocoa, you have to short out, uh, what is it, RTS, um, RCD, I, I can't, those two in there. And then you also have to have uh, the DCD also shorted too. And that's what those switches do is that uh, two of the switches allows you to uh, short a, a couple of the lines out and then also DCD so that you can actually receive stuff on the uh, computer. And then also, you can uh, take and swap line to you know transmit and receive so that instead of having to build a special cable you can go with a straight through cable and just flip a couple switches to get okay so you can make, make it you can make it become a crossover cable on it so yeah, this is exactly, like cable, exactly and it just makes it a lot easier and i can have uh on the back holy, you know, crap. holy crap this is like yes wow <laughs> yeah it's 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 a it's a four-way switch and i've got uh, another one here this is so that I can select between using my regular PC or the Cocoa. Right, so you have a, you, so you plug your switch box into another switch box that then switches to other things. Well, yeah. Well, well okay. see, no, this, in, this, in uh, front of me, we're getting in David Ladd territory at this point. So yeah. Well, in front of me is one side of the of the basement where I got my computer stuff, and on the other side behind me, that's like where I got my radio equipment and stuff like that. So I so I have to run a cable up over. Oh my goodness. And whatnot that so that things things are you know if you yeah. really want to, <laughs> I've got enough stuff. Absolutely. Has your basement been tested for radiation? <laughs> um. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Brian, you are such a nerd. Congratulations. All right. This is okay, a, I love your command your That's camera amazing. command center here now, Brian. This is you're really making the rest of us look bad here. Look at you. We got pan tilt yeah. zoom. I, I I do have a kilowatt back there in the corner. Hey, Brian, have you ever dropped anything behind your table? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate that. You're going to file that one under never see it again. Back in 1968, he did. He hasn't seen it since. Yeah. So. That's right. Well, yeah. I've, I've got a basement full of crap that, well, stuff. <laughs> I'm, still looking, I'm, I'm still looking for my MC-10. I can't uh, find my MC-10 that I used to have. So uh, is any of this stuff so Anyway, back to you. Uh, Ron and Dova had a question for you. What was that, Ron? Oh, go ahead. It, do you have any of this stuff upstairs? Like, if we walked nope. into your house, would you tell? Could you even tell that you have this much stuff? The basement is my laboratory. It's my mad scientist room. And you're succeeding there. Yes, I got. I've got that a is full awesome. basement. That is it's awesome. All mine. Brian, do you have all three versions of Downland? <laughs> no, I don't. He's just trying to make up for. He's compensating for his crappy acquisitions this week. It's not going to work, Terry. Not going to hey, work, hey, Terry. So. I have what I have, and I play with what I have. If I don't have it, I build it. There you or go. Or I try to. Or you find it. Or uh, I find it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I found stuff. I yeah. still. I've got color scripts, some edits, and I got books and stuff, tapes discs 
whatever. <laughs> awesome. Awesome sauce. Anyway, that's who, what I've got. Who else has got something to share this week? Anyone? Uh, Sloopy yeah. Malibu's waving at us. Let's make you spot lit. Print, Mr. Dave stole my color. Run. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hello, Sloopy. Greetings. Greetings. I've only got one thing to show. Oh, okay. Well, oh, it's a foil bag. Ooh, that's a Cocoa SDC. I finally got one. Is that the Ooh. blackout board? Is that the uh, Boyson board? Yep. Okay. It is one of the last, if not last one, that uh, he shipped until he gets uh, everything uh, settled. Okay. So. But nice. does it work? I do not know. I haven't tested it yet because I've got so much to do. I had just nothing, pr pretty much nothing to do. Then all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff came in. I got a bunch of stuff to do, and I've been busy, I mean, burning my fingers for eight hours a day and moving stuff around and got my new computer a couple weeks ago. My old one was originally supposed to be a gradual uh, change to the new one, but it uh, decided that it didn't want to go anymore. So I'm just running around like a uh, squirrel on an energy drink. Okay. A squirrel on an energy drink. I like that one. Oh, man, I'm exhausted already. Rick Eulen is raising his hand very politely, I must add, too. This is the gentleman of the panel here. Uh, hello, Rick Euland. How are you, sir? Oh, pretty good. I have a few things, but apparently not a raise hand button anymore. Ah, I, don't know where that I, wouldn't have found, I wouldn't have seen it if you did it, so I'm, I'm on... <laughs> I'm on cool. screen well, overload right now. So yeah. Equally well, yes. So, yeah, I've got a couple of things. Um, here, I'll steal, my, steal the screen and change windows, I hope. Uh-oh, I can't get to my window changing thing. Can't help you there. Oh, no. There's, well, there's a pop-up. Here we go. Now we're there. Okay, so uh, our resident astronomer, Ron Delvo, did. Yes. Now, can I get rid of this stupid menu? Go away. I like okay. that nine ninety nine price tag there. Yes, yes. He caught me on my changing my Model 1 and my background to a Model 3 when I put the Model 1 on the bench. Now, keep in mind, this is a 16K Model 3 with nothing but the black and white TV stuck in the case. The uh, hard drive or the floppy drives don't even have mounts, so that's not a good shot. Here's the other side. Yeah, nine ninety nine for 16K cassette only. Wow. It doesn't even have the mounting hardware for the heart for the floppy drives in it. Wow. It's just a big empty case. You look in the top, you see the slots on the bottom. Oh, you do have a keypad <laughs> though. It does have a keypad. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the computer's in a little box the size of, you know, a folded sheet of paper. It's really amazing that that costs a thousand dollars. Well, wow. in this case, it was marked down to six ninety nine. Oh, such a deal. Yeah. With yeah. Rising <laughs> entertainment costs. That's a real bargain. You're probably not gonna see smoke come out of this one, are you? No, it it actually runs great. Yeah. So I, I dug it out of the attic and uh, wiped off some of the dust, and it works fine. Why oh, it'd be cool to put one of those uh, cassette things in that. Oh, right, in place yeah. of one of the drives. Yeah. Except yeah. I would have to yeah. cobble yeah. together some kind of mounting system right. because it really it is empty any. plastic. I, yeah. I have a question for you, Rick. Uh, the 16K RAM Badger, is that the exact same as the Cocos? I do not know. I would have to find. Just want to read check reuse it is. for the very. I believe models. they do fit. It looks awfully it's generic. Probably, it's probably the same size. I don't know if it's the exact same font and layout, but may or may not be. 
Isn't that a cool reset button, though? Right? Uh, yeah. That's the reset? That's not the power. The power is like a rocker switch off to the side somewhere in the back or something. Exactly. Okay, so Physical. that's a reset. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, like I had never seen a silver cocoa with a 64K RAM badge back in the day, but I've seen pictures of them, and apparently that's the same 64K RAM badge that they use on the Model 3 line, too. So. Oh, I just have another thing I'm going to have to add to my little demo here. Oh. Okay, and then kind of cocoa-related stuff. The slow boat from China finally got here, and I have my gal programmer. It just showed up yesterday, but I'll be able to move forward on my, my network project now. And I've even oh. gone so far as to build this little who's it to, uh, to test it with. I like the so, lights. I approve of the I'm, lights. I'm ready to go. Now I just have to actually do some work. Uh, let's see. I guess I'll have a weather break while we're here. The Christmas deer are almost free. Ooh. Ooh, any any remember. any updates on yeah. the hot neighbor? Is any better footage of her? Uh, no, she, she's staying indoors. <laughs> you remember this one was buried, and this one was buried up to its wow. gear parts. Wow! So, uh, yeah, that's 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 significant melting with no rain, so we didn't flood. So that works out well. Nice. Yeah, you're definitely melting faster than we are. We're melting a bit too, but not not that much. Where are you uh, at, Rick? I'm in Milwaukee. Wow. So. Um, this is what happened in Milwaukee. Yeah, it was a couple feet on the ground at once for a while. That was a little, a little much. Hmm. And then I, um, we're getting a message from Henry in uh, YouTube who says the 64k RAM badge must have been from another line. The Model Three never shipped with more than 48k, and I think the Coco One with RAM badge maxed out the factory at 16k. I think I don't know. But yeah, I have seen. No, there was 32k RAM badges from 10. There was sure, 32k, the yeah. and then there yeah. I've seen 64k ones, but I just don't know if they were Coco originals or they came from somewhere else. Well, What's on your machine, Rick? 64s and 128s were uh, Model Fours. Okay, Model Fours. Okay, 64 and 128. Okay, that's what TJB Chris just said too. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah no, for a thousand for a thousand bucks, you got 16k. <laughs> with rising That's what's on yours, right? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh, I remember these—the old Ever-Ready batteries. Oh my! Remember God. when batteries didn't leak? Yeah, look at that. They're, they're... I pulled these. Uh, I pulled these out of a slide viewer. They're down to zero volts, so they've been pulled completely dead. Right. But and there's no leakage. Absolutely no leak. Twenty-five cents each. No. Remember the uh, chargers? You can put those in. <laughs> in fact, the slide viewer had the charger those adapter. Are carbon. Those yeah, are carbon batteries. Yeah, wow, that's over. a blast from the past, right there. You can those are probably carbon. like forty years old. <clears throat> and then we used to take those and put them in the oven for a short time, and you get more out of them. Kind of regenerate them, yeah. Nah. Yeah, wow, okay, that's cool. like shaking a toner cartridge to get a few more prints out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's have... not empty. Let me just—it's sh like an etch a sketch. Just shake this thing up, and <laughs> right, we can get another page. <laughs> Uh, and then I have this. I don't know how rare these are, but that was very strange that I found it. A Coco oh, 3 keyboard. No, that's a deluxe Coco keyboard. Cause the color is it, it's, it looks like it's a Coco black. 3 keyboard with a black bezel. Yeah. It has function keys. But yeah, it's that's a deluxe Coco must, keyboard. They sold separately. The they sold separately. Yeah. Really? Okay. I didn't know where it came from or how I got it. Neat. You're going to send you're gonna send it to Ron Delvo. You need my address? Care of, Ron, <laughs> care of Ron's Garage. P.O. Box. Um, cool. We got all kinds of things to share. Sharing is good, isn't it? Doesn't it feel good to share? Doesn't it now, make you feel Patrick, good? Did you did you find that looking for something else? 
I'm actually working on, well, like 27 other people. I'm working on a keyboard project. Oh, I so think, I I think he, found, my... he found it behind Brian Schubring's desk. <laughs> exactly, with all my other broken keyboards. So. Man, this is odd. And I have no idea where it came from, how I got it. I don't okay. remember buying a bunch of keyboards, but. Yeah, okay. Radio Shack was selling them like after the Deluxe Coco was canceled. They uh, they sold them as a separate thing. I was think it was $39 you could buy it until they were sold out, basically. Wow. It was the, it was that the would be nice to have. We've been joined by Boat, John of the Amigos Retro Gaming Group. Hey, Boat, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Boat of Car? Boat of Boat, Car, yes. Boat of Car would be a, a 60, let's see, no, a 72 Chrysler. Oh, yeah. Imperial got me a Chrysler. It seats about twenty. So come That's on, right. and <laughs> most, 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 people, most people contact me on the internet thinking that I am a fan of these yeah. large. You know, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I have to give them the rather lame answer that it comes from a "They Might Be Giants" song. Yeah. So that, that's always disappointing. Well. Here's that uh, that keyboard that uh, Patrick was showing there. This is what it looked like in the packaging. Hold on, let me spotlight oh, you. Nice. Let me spotlight you, Brian. Give me one second here. All right, Brian's been spotlit. Oh, that one's still sealed. Oh, look at that. Your ultimate Coco Computer keyboard. Picks. Was the price tag on it? Your finger's covering it. What did the price say there in the corner? 1980s Four, Air. $14.99. 14, oh, I wonder if that was marked 95. down. $4.95? Yeah, $4.95. So that, that was more than when they first came out. Yes. Special you know, purchase, it, it says. QWERTY keyboard, 57 keys. It's interesting because uh, Radio Shack actually sold Atari 1200XL new old stock keyboards in a exactly the same package like that. Huh. I don't know if they were only charging for 95 but I guess that they found these, you know, in a warehouse somewhere and they just, you know, put them in a plastic bag and put yeah. them on the shelf and hope that people would buy them. They also, I'll give, I'll they also the had a, uh, uh, sold a TI keyboard too. Yeah, I'll I give you a Commodore 16 keyboards in that same bag. Okay. Well, very, very interesting. Very cool. Bit of Coco history there, the Ducks keyboard, though. Yes, yes. Uh, let's remove Brian's spotlight. Let's go back to the gallery view. Let's see the entire panel. Uh, anybody else have anything to share? Anyone the only thing I have to share is the fact I finally got a haircut for the first time in four months. All That's right. kind of Coco talk related since you have to stare at it. All right, all right. Well, well you could solder now. I just I, so I, I safely. Wait six days. Um, so I'll just share a couple of, of brief updates because when we did our episode 200 and I said you know I'm, I know I'm gonna forget people there were a few people I know I forgot and a few of them came to me so I wanted to recognize those people those people who have been doing things and working hard for us so uh, also um, we have a new patron who I did not I did not get a chance to update the new uh, thank you patrons video because it's a little bit of a process and I just did not do that today before the show so I did not so you have not been pre-announced but I do want to personally and publicly thank our latest uh, patron who is Steve Rasmussen aka Buck Owens so Buck Owens is now a patron of Coco Talk so thank you Steve for becoming our latest patron and I will record our updated um, thank thank you patrons doohickey um, for next week's show. Hopefully, are you going are you going to change the Buck Owens song? That is the real question. Never, never. Um, and then salute the, the salute. <laughs> and then some of the people I forgot to thank when I was going through my thanks was um, Alan Murphy, 
who, um, you know, Alan Murphy is kind of part of the panel and is part of our little inner circle. We have a little channel where we chat about the show. So we've got our own little planning channel in Discord that we communicate throughout the week. And a lot of times I will ask for help or I will ask for something. And I ask, when you, when, you know the old saying, when you ask everyone to do something, nobody does anything. That's usually what like asking my panel for help is like, right? So a um, little public shaming there while I'm at it. But, um, but when I ask for something, Alan Murphy, boom, is on the spot every single time. He gives me stuff. He compiles things. He sends me text files. He does things right away. So I wanted to thank Alan Murphy for being... Johnny on the spot when I say, listen, I need help. Can somebody compile this for me or gather me this or gather me that? So thank you, Alan, for doing that. Another person I forgot to thank who has added some really good value-added content to the show was Allison Deneu. She's given us some great commercials like the Fletcher Sock Puppet commercial and some good um, song parodies. As a matter of fact, now whenever I hear the real song of Tiny Dancer, I automatically start singing Tiny Lancer, right? Pull me closer, Tiny Lancer. So that song has been forever reprogrammed in my brain, thanks to Allison. So thank you for that. And then another person who I think I thanked, but I will thank him again, but our, our own Sloopy Malibu. So when the show is done, Sloopy's already on the show, but then he goes through and he watches it again and he creates all the timestamps. And this is something I've, that people have done on and off for me. But Sloopy's taking it to a whole other level. He, get, he breaks down to when we get into the news, he timestamps each thing discussed in the news and everything else. So now our, our, our timestamps for the uh, replays are like really detailed. So if you want to know exactly when Curtis talked about boring article number five, you can jump straight to that boring news report. Or if it's boring article number nine, you can jump straight to that. So everything is timestamped. Or you can just fast forward the whole thing. Yes, right, right, right. So, so actually, so, actually, <laughs> I played at like 1.5 to 1.75 speed. Okay. That, then all of a sudden the show becomes very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> we don't sound like chipmunks though. It's just faster, right? Yeah. It, it actually changes the tone. So, Oh, does it really? Okay. That would yeah. be entertaining, right? So <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause when, um, when Curtis, uh, continues to, to speak slowly, all of a sudden it speeds it up. So he sounds normal. When has Curtis <laughs> ever spoken? Slowly? Like it sounds like I'm awake. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But, you know, I kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. Um, where are we going? All right. So we're going to take a no, commercial break. No, you're making break. feel guilty. No, no. Why would I do that? Um, so we are going to take a commercial break. And then we'll be back with Nick Marota's favorite part of the show, the Game On results. And he gets to hear his name mentioned, and he gets his name in lights, and he gets to talk for periods of time. Nick likes that part of the show. Uh, so we're going to take a commercial break. And you know what? I, you know what? Here's what we haven't done in a while. Rather than just doing a normal commercial break, we're going to go ahead and pause, and we're going to hear one of the greatest hit songs to hit the Coco community in the past 40 years. Not only was it a real-life event that inspired a video game, that inspired a song, that inspired a music video, we're going to be treated to the musical video of none other than Nightmare Highway. So enjoy this, and we'll be back after these words, everybody. And you can TV? sing along if you know the words. Yes. Uh, restream is as uh, Twitch is not seeming to accept any of the restream. Uh, uh, Sometimes you might play a little Zaxxon. Mm, might double back okay. to play a little. So we're seeing them on wrong. YouTube, but uh, not on Twitch. Color baseball. 
But none can hold a candle to the greatest I don't know what to do about that. Nightmare Highway. Okay, I swear I saw some at the very beginning, and it's like they're all gone. Nightmare Highway. Yeah, Ken's telling us our mics are hot. So. Not only are our mics hot, but we are too. Saying Mike is hot. Yeah, no, he's saying that we, they, he can hear us talking right now. I know who's Mike. Who's Mike? Yeah, Mike. Who's Mike? Sing along if you know the words. Nightmare Highway. Maybe I'll jump over to YouTube then. Nightmare Highway. It's got a road and it's got a car. Dodge the furniture. You'll be a pop star. Okay. Well, okay, maybe I just stick to the facts. To tell this truth, this game really ain't all that. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. I used to bow down to the Donkey King. Sailor and cash man used to be my thing. Megabug, buzzard bait, sea dragon too. But none of those can satisfy me much as you do. Nightmare Highway. Oh, actually, I haven't done the new to Discord either. So we'll do new to Discord after this. And then we'll come back with Nick Marota. Nightmare Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Play some Skinner, man. Freebird. <laughs> and I was just kidding, everybody. I love the news. I love the news. News is amazing. It's fantastic. No, you don't. Trying to butter me up. The news is amazing. Everyone's favorite segment, the news. All right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, Who's New to Discord This Week? Please welcome tech doc Carlos, who says, I used to work part-time at my local Radio Shack while in college and use my employee discount to buy my first real computer, which was a 64K Coco 2. After almost 30 years away, I recently just bought another beautiful Coco 2. Chaucer Dave says the Coco 2 was my first computer, I think around 1984 or 5, and I credit it for my career in IT. I converted a VC modem pack to a Wi-Fi modem, and I've also been working very slowly on a standalone 6551 Wi-Fi cartridge. KM6NUY or J says I just got my MC10 really working well today. The Vowel, Eric, says my first computer was a TRS-80 Model 1, and I always wanted, but never had a Coco. I do already have a Mr., and I see there is a core. VE9SY says I got my first Coco in the early 80s, and was still playing with it until almost 2000. I am getting nostalgic and started looking for a working Coco, and discovered Coco Pie. B. Sherritt, Brandon, says I've now got a Coco 2 in the mail, headed this way. I want to learn more about my new toy and what I can do with it. And as always, thanks go out to David Ladd, Jim Rye, Paul Fiscarelli, Rob Inman, Terry Steggy, and our Coco Talk patrons for boosting the Discord server. You can join us on Discord by heading over to discord.cocotalk.live. See y'all on Discord!
And now, Coco Thoughts Ooh, by Samuel Gimes. Riders on the beam. <laughs> Riders on the beam. Oh, I love the doors. With this puzzle we scheme. With this puzzle we scheme. <laughs> Into this game we're thrown. Like rolling with all the stone, a teen girl on the phone. <laughs> There's a chaser in your road. He looks a bit like a toad. He does. Spin around your day. Have another play. If the beam you cannot ride, another guy will die. Chaser in your road. Yeah! Riders on the beam. Woo! Free bird! Riders <laughs> on the beam. The beamer oh. awoke before oh, dawn. Oh, Jim Morrison. He put his yo-yo on. And he streaked across the screen. He streaked across the stream. So, Ken Record, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I am a huge Doors and Jim Morrison fan there. So I love how you just went from Riders on the Storm to a little bit of the whole Killer Awoke Before Dawn, which is from the end. And the Killer Awoke Before Dawn. Awesome. Good job. Good job. Thank you, Samuel Gimes. For doing that. Did I say Ken Record? I meant to say Samuel Gimes. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> what did you guys think of that? The Beam Rider song. Like it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome. I didn't know what he was going to do with it. Yeah. Riders on the Beam. Better efforts. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, Ken, wrong arm. I have um, I have Jim Morrison tattooed on my arm. So, yes, I'm a fan, oh, wow. I'm a fan of the Doors. have been since I was old enough to get a tattoo, at least. Um, so, very cool. Good song. Now, without any further ado, it is time for the high score game on challenge results with Nick Morota. Here we go. Nick, are you ready to hear your name and see your name in lights? I am. All right, here we go. High score challenge with Nick Morota. All right, and welcome to another week of results. This week we played Beam Rider with 21 scores submitted. David Ladd, 6,950. Henry Nonick, 10,380. R.L. Murphy, 10,420. Sloopy Malibu, 18,670. Mr. Dave, 20,340. Graham W. Webkey, 24,520. Gary M, 31,640. David Craker, 31,760. Just Mike, 34,250. Rich N, 36,090. Tom C, 39,560. OG Steve Stroh, 43,320. I made the top 10. Canadian Retro Things, 56,380. Jim Rice, 5,700. Me, (laughs) 75,450. Cat Lord, 85,000. Nico's in the top 10. Al Curtis Boyle, 119,450. 
Buck Owens. Oh my goodness, Buck Owens did not win it. Tasman. Robin Tasman number one. Five hundred. Tasman. No, who's in first place this week? And the number one score this week belongs to Paul Schumacher oh! with 341,778. That was a late entry. Well, it wasn't overtime. It was uh, about an hour before closing. Oh, did but... he have five minutes before supper? Is that when he managed to try that? <laughs> well, he should have taken two suppers this week, apparently. He just <laughs> snuck in there with that score from wow. We thought Tasman had it. Yeah. yeah. Usually you're looking for your Buck Owens, your Tasman, to uh, take the, take home the prize. But, man, and Paul Shoemaker's done very well. Um, he's one. He's he's, one he's, already, he's always yeah. in like the top five. Paul Paul does very well, um, but that's an impressive score. And um, yeah, I I played it once and I did a stream of it and I was trying to figure things out and figure out the groove. And of course, I got everybody sending me notes saying, "Yeah, you know, you gotta hit the things and and smack the guys and get the spinners." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do, but it's freaking hard, man. I'm trying." <laughs> so it's like, um, but yeah, there's definitely a strategy to this um, that I. I'm not sure I was fully aware. Like, I even read the instructions that you posted in Discord, which was kind of interesting because there's certain things you didn't know about the scoring and, and, you know, how, if depending like how far away you are before you eat a dot, it's worth more points. You know, the more farther you travel to get the stuff. So, a lot of uh, interesting stuff went into this. So, so there's the score from Rainbow, which Paul Shoemaker decimated. Oh, yeah. So, like, David Lazar, you just like, you should hang your head in shame. Is it Lazar or Lazar? Lazar? So, could I'm not be. sure. Not sure. But yeah, English he... Town, New Jersey. Yeah, English Town. Pardon me, but have you got any of that gray poupon? Um, so very nice. Yeah, he spanked that score like a naughty child. So, Rainbow yeah. Review. They liked the game. They thought it was. Uh, they thought it was uh, easy enough to pick up, but challenging enough to keep people entertained. And they like the graphics and sound, so. Very nice. And so here's some gameplay footage. Thank you to CRT, Canadian Retro Things, for. Uh, what am I, child uh, liver? Uh, uh, well, at least yours... it does, doesn't have my well, ugly wanted, face you know, in here. We decent gameplay, yeah, I think, yeah. was the problem. Yeah, so. yeah, didn't need an ugly like, mug in there either, so yeah. I like to download the videos, and I can't really do that with Twitch easily, uh, as easily as YouTube, but. I'm just messing with um, you there, Nico. I know. Uh, so anyway, here's CRT. Thank you, Ken, thank you, Ken from Kenny Retro Things, and check out his channel. Yeah, spit it out. And uh, we can. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, this uh, like I said last week, I was totally unaware that this was an arcade game called Electric Yo-Yo. Yeah, I was too. Uh, you know, I guess it was a pretty it was... obscure arcade game. It wasn't hugely popular, so that's not surprising. Now, is there a reason why this is going jerky like this? Are you doing that on purpose, or is this lag? Because it looks like it's like herky jerky on the. Uh... Oh, it must the be frames bad. per second. Hold on, hold on. Let me no, that's fine. You, it's uh... not. It's not. It's not terrible. I just didn't know if that was a done for dramatic effect or. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. I, I killed my YouTube. Uh, Creative license. Hopefully, it uh, makes it a little better. Yeah, because I'm playing the file local. It looks looks smooth here for Zoom, but anyway. Yeah, for me, it's like jerky, jerky. It's like uh, my one frame per two seconds. But no, it's cool. It's a neat effect. Like it's almost like time lapse, you know, how you see like it's boom, one frame it's here, next frame is like a whole line gone and stuff. So, yeah. So cool. I'm embarrassed to admit I didn't realize, I didn't notice that when the circle touched the blue dots. That that's what makes the spinners. Yeah, that's what turns them into spinners. Yeah. So, so you can kind of follow uh, it around to, to get the bonus. Yeah. So, so Rob Inman is a big fan. This game was actually suggested by Stevie. 
and and um, it's three and, S's, uh, Floopy si- and Simon and Simon. Yes. Uh, but uh, Rob Binman ended up being a big fan of this game as well. He he felt that there was a good balance of risk reward kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. as he pointed out, if you want energizers, you want to hang around in the yellow ring. But of course, right. the yellow ring also kills you. So if the yellow ring turns around and gets you, so there's a good risk reward kind of dynamic to this. And Michael no, I, Michael Pitsley is asking a very good question. How many times did you swear at the game when you're having a decent game and you die of one life left and you spawn on top of a bad guy and die instantly? Yes, Michael. Yes, I agree with that. That spawn kill was BS, brother. So Tasman, I know Tasman and Buck Owens, their scores were in the 100,000 range, and they got that on the first level. So they, they were really just farming. Them. They were just farming they the, the things. Yeah. But I guess the red guy gets uh, faster and faster, eventually gets to the point where he's uh, what faster than you and you can't escape him. So mm. they, uh, yeah, it's, uh, kind of, it's kind of the built-in timer that way because it does get to the point where you can't escape him at all. Paul Shoemaker thinks he made it to level six. Hmm. Um, that's what I asked him. So um, I wonder how many different playing field styles there are. I think I saw like maybe three, possibly four different screens. I know there was the one that ends up looking like Warlords, where there's just stuff in the corners and a big open spot in the middle. I think that's maybe screen three. That's the highest one I remember seeing as far as I got screen. to four. Okay. I got to one that was a circle. Yeah, okay. I got to four as well. Okay. I'll well, mention the level six apparently is like a checkerboard. It's like every alternate one is a blue square and every alternate oh, one is that background. should make interesting um, cleaning of content. Oh, and that would make the circle really aggressive because you'd be trapped in a small area. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I felt like um, it was very, uh, the spawn kills were, were excuse me, really frustrating. And um, sometimes even when you're moving, I know when you're moving slow, it's hard to move. But sometimes when you're moving fast, like I was going up or down and I wanted to turn a hard right. It just felt like it didn't respond to those joystick requests of turning a hard right and I would miss a turn and I would die because the controller just wasn't being pulled fast enough. It's kind of what it felt like to me. There was some frustrating controller recognition mechanics to it that, you know, you had to kind of deal with, but, um, apparently well, I, I running... to say for the spawning issue you're talking about, if, as long as you have the joystick move to a side or up or bottom, even before you like when it's drawing the little line to respawn you yeah you can move out of the way you won't get hit immediately as if you sit right there, but it's but hit. if it's if it's the chario as i like to call him he he's he's so he's able to still screw you you know you, yeah it, but the chario the, the chario only moves diagonally so all you yeah. do is move straight up or straight down and then he won't hit you yeah yeah, when we were playing this and we were like live chatting and stuff, I was thinking like, you know, when you, you look at these games now 40 years later and you could say, all right, so if I knew how to, um, what's the word when you uh, uncompile it? Um, disassemble? disassemble? Disassemble. Like if I knew how to disassemble and I knew how to do assembly and I knew how to fix things, here's, I would fix this, I would change this, I would do that, and they would make it perfect. And on the one hand, you can wish for that. But then on the other hand, you can say, but that's kind of the charm and appeal of some of these old games is some of the imperfections of them too. You know, for better or for worse, some of these crappy mechanics and lack of response to joysticks and the spawn kills, all those things that piss you off are kind of part of the DNA of what these games were like back then. You know, the times were tough and, you know, men were men, right? So you had to deal with it. So <laughs> it made a man out of you, you know, playing those games. So, <laughs> And this is actually a good example of, of one of the games that we were discussing it on the Amigos channel late yesterday that uh, or even this morning, sorry, on Frodo's channel. Uh, about the fact that the 1977 to 1983 time era is when all these completely original game concepts were coming out. Like, this isn't really like anything else. 
and you've got you know eating dots a bit like pac-man but you know that stretching yo-yo and all that kind of stuff was a unique game mechanic that never really got duplicated elsewhere even though it's, it's a lot of fun and that's something that's missing nowadays because nowadays it's just you know improved graphics and sound on the same thing you've done for the last 20 years yeah so, yeah i must have been the, i miss the days of innovation i think the government uh put a lockdown on making really good weed and then as the crappy weed resulted in crappy games so those guys in the late 70s had the good weed so that uh, could have been it the there's donut the donut yeah level. there's the donut round so yeah yeah i didn't see the yeah, donut that's as far round. as i got i did not i never saw the donut round to my knowledge i, I don't remember though so was, rob also did pretty well in the game he got one hundred and fifty thousand. Nice. well he got a lot of his points by uh hitting the uh red guy when he was charged up uh yeah, if, you, if you can get a, a red guy in the hits. middle and you've got a lot of blue squares aside you just go you bang, just bang back and bang, forth back, back and forth, forth yeah yeah and it's a thousand points a hit so he got yeah. a lot of his points through that. and then also for the number of um spinners you pick up then your end of round uh, multiplier goes up too because it's a thousand points times each spinner you get right yeah yeah so i think rob got his score on the second level like he got a hundred and something thousand he got to level two um and on the second level, there's two red guys, so that that increases your your scoring opportunities. Then your death so, opportunity and your in your challenge, yeah, increases the challenge of it too. Oh yeah, two guys is definitely a pain. Yeah, because they follow you, they follow you, and then the other game mechanic too is like sometimes you want to turn and go a different direction, but you want to go slowly because you want to connect with a couple of dots just a few away from you. But the yo-yo will automatically stretch if there's a blue dot in that you know, path yeah. in that direction. It'll immediately go over, and sometimes like the the donut thing is like you know way on the right side. I'm on the left side. I just want to move right one or two spaces, then pick up some yeah. dots above me, and it'll just shoot across and kill you. So you it, really it would be kind of cool if you could like make it where the uh, the beam would not shoot out until you pressed your button. You know, where but I think you... the game would lose some of the appeal because that's. That's part of the thing where yeah, you, the, the you have to keep track of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. true, true, true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could sit here and think of all the ways I could make it better for me, but then you do lose some of the appeal and some of the core challenges of it. Yeah. Okay, so Scott is saying, Tasman, work the two red bugs together and then energize them for 2,000 points a hit. Yeah, because ah. two times 1,000, yeah. Oh, wow. That's cray-cray. CRT up there with the scores. Look at that. Yep. Nice. This was his, I fun think this game. Was his so twenty one players is pretty good. That's a that's a that's our that's our average, right? That's our new yeah. normal, right? Yeah, it was well it was well received. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I figured probably it, this was under it's obscure. Too. Yeah, and and so just just so and I love it because you know we give we, we give each other crap not only on the air but off the air. But you know I was getting a little bit of guilted because I haven't been playing uh, the games. Uh. Uh, I'm not going to mention anybody's name, <coughs> Nick Moretta, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I am not, I, although I have real hardware, I'm trying to downsize my setup as far as space. I'm trying, unlike the hoarders who are just adding more shelving units to pile up all their goodies. I'm trying to clean up my space here a little bit. So I'm, I'm trying to not have real Cocos on my desk all the time. So I'm relying on my Cocoa Pie, and I had issues with that with my SD card and my image and blah, blah, blah. But I finally got my Cocoa Pie image re-imaged and reworking, so that's how I was able to to do my video this week. So hopefully I can do more Game On Challenge participation. Gonna, you gonna oh, jump be on great. That, uh, are you going to jump on that Mr. Train? Steve? No, no, probably. I don't know, honestly. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get a mister just to play the Coco because I have real Cocos and I feel like MAME is good enough. If I got a mister, the Coco emulation would be a secondary thing. I would probably be more interested in other things that can emulate that I don't have. 
you know, I already have a cocoa, so I don't need to spend more money to get another fake cocoa. Um, so, um, but no, cocoa pie does the job very well. You know, it's a hundred dollar box and it runs, it runs everything I need very well. Um, yeah. Nick, Nick Brodo, I was going to ask you, is this a game you played back in the day or is this a new no. one to you? No, this was new to me. Yeah, I had played it back in the day and I, I liked it. But I, again, I, I guess it's, uh, and maybe it's just me. I don't know if this is all of us, but I don't think I was looking at these games with any set of analytical eyes. I didn't. And of course, you know, we, you know, whatever I got, I, I got as a, you know, friend of a friend um, discount. So there was no documentation. So knowing things like the point multipliers or stuff like that, that was completely unknown. So having these games and not having the documentation, you just kind of played them and you played them and tried to do the best you can. I never tried to analyze patterns or look at things that may, that gave me more points. I wasn't thinking analytically. I was just playing a game and having fun. I don't know if that's just me or if a lot. Of, no, actually, that that's a very good point because I've discovered that with quite a few of these challenges, even games that I was fairly good at back in the day, I've actually done better at them, playing them for literally an hour now because I'm actually paying attention to subtleties yeah instructions yeah. and stuff and yeah i've noticed the same thing yeah I, I i can tell you for myself i didn't as a child playing games nothing was analyzed it was just this is the challenge let me do the best i can to play as long as i can and get as many points and and most of the thought was can i clear this screen to get to the next screen to get to the next screen knowing each new screen was going to be harder but you're always just focused on the next thing and i never had the mentality of let me stay here on this one screen and farm as many points on this screen before the clock runs out. That concept was a foreign concept to me in 1980. You know, to be um, honest, that 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 is still a foreign concept to me. I can do it, but it, I don't find as much fun. I like seeing like what's the new screen look like. How did they lay this out? I think the exploration part of the game is is part of the charm. But I have noticed that I I'm, I'm more analytical. Like I've, I've actually figured out strategies that I've played the game for 20 years. Right, never right, right. Of until right. recently when we tried it again. Right, and that's one thing in the game on challenge I'm noticing is I'm seeing screens that maybe I never saw before because I didn't, you know, so yeah, this is fun, but it's kind of hard, and if I can't get any further, then screw it, I'm going to move on to the next game. I didn't push myself to get any further, but now we're going for points, we're going, we're learning strategies, we're learning tips and tricks, we're going for a completion. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways you can approach the games you know what's the highest screen i can get to how many points can i get to you know there's there's no wrong way to do that but it's interesting seeing how everybody is taking a different spin or a different take on how they approach it and then um and then we learn and share those things it's pretty cool well like i said i had three people independent independently uh, request this game so i knew it was one that was worth checking out I check out all the requests anyway, but yeah. when, when I had three people requesting, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. And then you also see who's who sending the largest checks. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yours bounced, Steve, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so thank you. to Thank you. And I do take requests. Send me a direct message in Discord with requests. And uh, in fact, our next game is also a request. Mm. And... Uh, are, 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 are you going to, to reveal? On? Are you going to reveal? Yeah. Are we ready? So for, is everybody ready for the next game? Well, we Sorry. already know it's color disc script set. <laughs> Our next request is an obscure little game that it's probably a, you guys won't know, recognize. It's Edtasm. It is. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Zaxxon. Oh, never heard of it. Never heard of that. What is, is this is this an original? <laughs> by by an up and comer uh, by an up and comer named Steve Bjork. Oh, okay. So yes, uh, this was requested by Just Mike, and okay. uh, when he requested that, I'm like, yeah, why haven't we done this game yet? This is one of the top tier games for the Coco. 
So, uh, and I did choose the Coco 2 version. Um, I really like it. What do you and, mean the Coco 2 version versus well, Z89? Well, that's yeah. not Zaxxon, though. That's Z89. Right. right. So, so I, okay. chose the Coco, I chose the Coco 2 version of Zaxxon. Yeah, so this is the official port, and it's a fun game. And, and, and so I played the Coco version of Zaxxon more than I played the arcade version, obviously, because I didn't have to fill it with quarters. But... There's some differences I noticed when I played the arcade version of Zaxxon. So the Coco version, you have the two different islands. You rotate between the first island and the second island with the robot in the in the force fields, right? The force fields you have yes. to dodge. But in the arcade, you can repeat that first island if you don't take out all of the uh, in-between ships, right? So you, oh. you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're going in outer space and you've got the 20 enemy planes to take down, um, at least in the earlier version of the arcade one, if you did not kill all 20 of those alien planes, you would repeat the first island again, and you would keep repeating the first island until you cleared all those enemy planes in outer space, and then you got the second island with the force fields and the uh, killer robot. I, I so, see. But the Coco is just con continuously rotating the two islands, which is fine. You, you, know, you know, it kind of sucked to keep repeating the same thing over and over again, honestly. So uh, I don't know if that was intentional on, on Steve's, choice or if maybe the arcade later patched that and this matched a newer version of the arcade but um yeah so that's our game of the week and thank you stevie thank you all the participants and we'll see you next week yeah and so i, I do want to mention oh go ahead go, no, go ahead no some uh, the devil bunny saying he doesn't remember seeing that but maybe uh, maybe it's like a 1.0 version of the game because i know especially when i played it on mame a few years ago i did a video on it and I could never get that second island to come out. So maybe I had a really old version of the ROM in MAME or something. That could be. Yeah. I just want to mention that uh, Zaxxon holds a lot of nostalgia for me, you know, besides the obvious reasons of it being a good game, is that uh, when I was going to high school, our, our computer lab was all Apple II Plus machines, and there was a ton of Apple fans there. And uh, every once in a while on a Friday night, a bunch of us would bring our home machines to school and then let everybody else play them. So we brought Ataris and TIs mm. and, you know, everything else. And Zaxxon on the Coco was the first one of the, the, the Apple II guys went, actually, you do have a pretty decent machine here because they were pretty impressed with Zaxxon. Yeah, so. yeah. Interesting. Okay, and Aaron's saying that if you killed planes on the first fortress, that took away from the number of planes you had to kill in space. Okay, I don't remember that yes. detail. Yeah, I do remember true. that. I think, does the Coco version do that? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. i yes. tell you what version of Zaxxon I did not care for too much was the ColecoVision version. You know, that one was really weird because everything looked different. You know, that you had these things that looked like little hats on the ground that were supposedly the things that were shooting at you. They looked like silly little, you know, hats that you had to kill, and the sprites really weren't that good of a lot of the stuff on the ground. Um, so I, I wasn't blown away by the Coleco version, yeah. uh, Coleco Vision version of Zaxxon. Some, something I was rather disappointed in that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Freda. I was rather disappointed in the Coleco Vision version too, yeah. It, uh... I don't know. It just it didn't work for me either. I saw it a few weeks ago when I was playing uh, ColecoVision games. I uh, went through basically everything that was available for the ColecoVision. Mm -hmm. and that was not the they had so many good arcade converts, but that one was yeah. very disappointing. Go ahead, some, John. Some, something interesting I was reading in Antic Magazine about the Atari 8-bit version is that the RAM depended on your ability to actually be able to travel vertically throughout the stages. Uh, apparently, you didn't have any vertical movement whatsoever. 
uh, if you only had, you know, 8K RAM versus 16 or more K RAM. Oh, in, wow. In the versions, which is, is sort of interesting. I'm kind of interested in how they, they program the game in that way without vertical movement, because that's a big part of the game. Um, but anyway, just kind of a neat thing. Because yeah, that becomes almost scramble or something at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And like the Atari 2600 version of Zaxxon was not 3D or isometric or anything. It was just a vertical, you know, top-down one. Um, now, somebody else is mentioning there is a better version for the ColecoVision, but that was for the Atom, A-D-A-M. So the Coleco Atom, which had more memory, because the ColecoVision, I think, only had like 1K of RAM, and everything came from ROM. So there wasn't a lot of RAM space for programs to run, but the Coleco Atom, I think, had 32K of RAM. So there were like super versions for that. So there were Super Donkey Kong and Super Zaxxon, which came on tape originally, and then I believe... Nowadays, you can get them to run off an SD card or something like that. Um, but yeah, so I remember when I was at VCF Midwest in 2019, I saw the version of Super Zaxxon on the Coleco, on the Coleco Atom, and that was really impressive because they actually added more to the game than was even in the arcade. So it was like Zaxxon Plus, you know. Um, so there, there are better versions, but not on the specifically for the Coleco Vision. And um, just to continually go further off topic, there are memory <laughs> expansion boards you can put on the ColecoVision now that give it that extra RAM where you can run Atom games on the ColecoVision. It's just a, it's a little thing that plugs into your front expansion port. So if you got one of those and then got your SD card, like your Atari Max SD card, you could get the super versions on SD card and run them on a ColecoVision with that memory expander um, for your information. Yes. This and more today on Coleco Talk. Down on Coleco Talk, yes. That was my second Proto, favorite you, fish, uh, system. Proto, did you try any of the super versions when you were doing your ColecoVision streams? I didn't catch all of them, so. Yeah, I did have a quick look at it, but not very much, because uh, but they were a bit better, yeah, yeah. I agree. So like Super Donkey Kong has all four levels with animations and everything else. So it's got the, it's got the um, I think they even yeah, put Donkey Kong on the correct side of the screen for that one, and they added the, um, the Pie Factory and everything. Yeah, I didn't get far enough into uh, Donkey Kong. I'm not that good Donkey Kong player, so I ah. didn't see those uh, levels. But I understood later that, yeah, that was indeed the case. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the add-on board they have for the ColecoVision basically makes it like an MSX. They added a separate graphics chip, a separate sound chip, more RAM, so they also ported a lot of MSX games to it as well. Yeah, there were uh, a lot of uh, MSX ports anyway, yeah? Yeah, because it's all based on the Z80, I think. So. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, so Zaxxon, looking forward to Zaxxon. Um, are we are we are we good on game on results? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you do we want to take a break before we go to game on news? I don't or? have that many stories, so we can just pause. Okay. Them and so take we're going to do uh, game on news with L Curtis. Boy, we'll do a quick intro to that just just because we can. So you won't hear it, Curtis, but I'll do a talk over. All right, everybody, get ready for game on news with. Our favorite foreign correspondent, L. Curtis Boyle. Take it away, L. Curtis. Okie dokie. So let me do the old share. This time I have to remember to do the sound. <laughs> yeah, if this was the Facebook group, I would have been reported three times for posting something off topic. <laughs> uh, Hey, so I hope this is the right one. It said Sheldon McDonald on it. Uh, the screen is blank, but yes. Oh, is this his, uh, his uh, Treasure Island Teaser thing? video. Treasure Island. Yeah, so Sheldon's actually put up a video here kind of demonstrating a bit of a game engine he's working on for the Coco VGA. 
So this is like on a Cocoa one or two, but with, you know, 16 colors and some fancier stuff here. Now, should I play the whole thing? It's just under two minutes. Yeah, yeah, I saw this. This is good. I like what Sheldon's doing here. For those people that aren't on Facebook and wouldn't be able to see it, I think. It's, it's if you're not on Facebook. Hello, this is Sheldon McDonald here. I'm doing a little uh, preview yeah, yeah, of uh, some cross-development that I've been working on. Um, so this one here is a Color Computer 3. I'm uh, running uh, Composite. And then over here I've got it running on the emulator. And then over here I've also got it running on the Color Computer 2 with the VGA mode. And Look how clean those colors are. I'm, the way yeah. I have it set up is you code once, you deploy it on all the machines. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely quite interesting. Um, let's get some guys running around. So it's almost like um, like the artillery duel where you're shooting the shots and they kind of bank and an TV, come down TV, and... But... Yeah, I think so. It's, it's kind of like the game they've been there. playing on the Amigos uh, Saturday yeah, Night Streams that David Ladd's taking part in. Okay. You can see the little guys. There's a guy on a raft, a guy on a boat. And yeah, it looks nice. Gold. <laughs> and there's a little swimmer there somewhere. I like the water effect. It's oh, very you know, it's very effective. Right it's minimal, but it works. You get the idea of, of animation <laughs> and, and wave yeah, movements and stuff. Yeah, this looks really great across uh, all, all systems here. Um, nice thing about Coco VGA is you're not limited to 64 colors for your palette slots either. You can get, you can, no, depending on <laughs> which version, you either have 512 or you have 32,768. Uh, of course, I can only shoot four bullets at once. But... That's a neat effect. The the, the whole um, anyway, kind of gravity effect as they on. go down and everything. Um, yep, he's actually doing maths. Kind of a little <laughs> sneak peek of a game that will be released fairly soon. All right, now help me, me out. Yeah, help me out here yep. real quick. I want to make sure because I know some people use their real name and some people have like their um, handles. So, Sheldon McDonald, I don't know if he has a handle, but Todd Wallace is the one who goes by Lord Dragon, right? Yes. And Todd That's Wallace Todd. is the one who's doing a lot of stuff in the OS nine space and stuff too. He's the one who's got the he's doing his own development editor and he's doing a lot of Nitrous Nine. Yeah, utilities. he did the OPL three player right, for okay. the Mega Mini. Right, right, right. And then there's Sheldon, who is not Lord Dragon. But Sheldon is, is Sheldon also the one who made the 3D printed game controllers that I that I demoed yes. for the um, yeah okay so yeah there's a jack a, of all trades yes yes so yeah. doing all kinds of cool stuff so the guy makes hardware making software and I don't know if Sheldon has a handle or if he just goes by is Sheldon on Discord I think he just joined recently didn't he okay so I don't know if he's going by well, I might be remembering that wrong but I think he did okay now, have you seen the comments really here. From uh, Brendan, the guy who made, you know, designed the Coco VGA, they mentioned that they're using the uh, VG6, which is the 128 by 96 16 color mode, which actually has an equivalent mode in the Coco 3. So the exact same graphics can be used. Right. And the exact same code is just, you know, how you, how you set up the mode. One uses the Gimme, one uses the Coco VGA. So it right. makes it much easier to do these fat binaries because there's really not that much to change. And then and then I'm, I'm going to help me out here, Curtis, see if my assumption is correct. But because on the Coco, when you're doing graphics, everything is literally just is manipulating RAM, right? So it's video RAM. Yes. You're moving bytes and bits around. So where the RAM starts on the Coco 3 might be a different address versus where it starts in the Coco VGA. But, but if you just know where that page starts, you set up that page, uh, your code for moving the bytes and bits around is not going it's to change. Yeah. It's just the starting address from where the screen is at. 
Um, yeah, it's the same technique Nick Morenti's using. He can pipe in if he wants to here, but he used that for making some of his older games like Donut Dilemma and stuff that it can actually use the palette changes, which you can do on any mode anyway, but you can also change the border color because the, right. the backwards compatible SAM VDG modes in the Coco 3 don't let you change a border color, just like the original SAM VDG didn't. But the gimme modes you can, you can change the border color. So if you want a black border on a P mode four game or a P mode three game, you can. Right. And right, it's kind right. of doing the same thing where it sets up the mode so that you know poking the bytes on the screen is exactly the same between the Coco VJ and the Coco three for this mode. But you have some other manipulations you can do. And, and the palette what... and then adjusting the palettes is obviously gonna be different too, because it's a different Yeah, that's yeah. totally different. Right. Now this feeds into a question that Boat asked a few weeks ago when he was saying well, couldn't we just have our games ask a question at the beginning of the game? Do you have this? Do you have that? And how you know what to support? And the shorter answer is yes, that can be done, but it's up to the developer to mm -hmm. to write his program to do that. And the developer needs to number one want to do that, number two have all the hardware to test it on, and then number three want to yeah. invest the time to put that all in there. And so yeah, we're talking about Nick Morenti's right now, but yeah, so but <laughs> Nick, but Nick is going to make the game for what he wants to make it for, and he usually sticks to stock hardware that he knows is always going to work but could it be done yes but it's up to the developer to do it have the time and the talent and the access to all these devices to be able to do that but yeah everything's is, is, possible is that not something though that can be done in emulation through vcc or something like that uh depends on the hardware most of our video options are not emulated right now so there is not an emulation for coco vga there's not an emulation for gimme x but i think some of the sound stuff can be emulated some of the sound chips so. Yeah, it just depends on like who's developing VCC or MAME if they have the time. Because they have to implement all the stuff to debug it and make sure that works. And that's a bit more complicated than right. doing so, it on the real hardware. So because Sheldon has all these devices and he's writing his program intentionally to in testing it on all these devices at the same time, that was a choice he made. And that's great. But it's you know it's kind of up to the designer if they want to. And, and Nick Morenti's is more than capable of it. But he wants to do, you know, he wants to get his game But he's essentially lazy. I mean, think no, he's trying just, to get out here. So. <laughs> Um, but would you do something like this, Nick, where you could, you know, a, a screen mode that worked on the Coco 3 and the Coco VJ, would you consider making something that would be cross-platform in that respect? Uh, possibly. Possibly if it worked on the Coco 3 as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if... Yeah, because the, the only thing you have to set up differently, I mean, the actual screen is exactly the same. This it's is a... probably Gunstar Resolution. Pretty close. It? Yeah. So you might be able to port Gunstar to so Coco what, VGA. So what video mode... What video mode is this on? This the... is 128 by 96 by 16 color. And can a normal Coco 1 and 2 do that mode? No, minus... you, no you need the, no, Coco this is VGA. the Coco VGA. That is Coco VGA, right? Right. Yeah. But... I don't know enough about Coco VGA to know how much different it is, but it's possible, yeah. So well, you... like, like I said, as far as the memory mapping goes for drawing stuff on the screen, it's identical. The, you would have separate routines to set up the palettes because those are done quite differently. And you have more options for colors on the Coco VJ than you do in the Coco 3. But once you get that set up, and once you map it in the screen and you point a register to it or whatever, basically you're writing to the screen exactly the same. I would take up a GoFundMe and I'd pay for it myself. I'll buy you a Coco VGA if you'll port something to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, I'll write Brendan a check right now. <laughs> um, no, that's cool, though. Yeah, and it's good to see Sheldon's doing it. I mean, if he gets the first one out the door, and then he maybe he can come on and kind of explain, you know, how much changes he had to do between the two. I don't think it's very much from what I know from my fiddling with the Coco VGA. So neat. Yeah, it's a pretty cool. Next up, I had to do a little video of this here. So um, Richard N posted a Space War, which is a port of the original PDP 
you know one version from way back in 1961 right. and right. he's now updated it with sound and he said he's, he's just learning how sound works in the coco and assembly language so he's, he's he said he wasn't too impressed with them actually they don't sound too bad now my audio quality in this is going to suck because i just recorded this off my mic held up to the speaker type thing mm. for some stupid reason it wouldn't record the the local sounds i also do a cut in the middle of it because i just want to show you what the intro looks like and then you know a bit of a gameplay and then the final game you know game screens when you win the game because basically you have two opponents and it's a two-player only game uh with keyboard controls and basically you just uh you have to kill each other so many times and then whoever gets to that point first wins the game so it's just over a minute uh you'll have to let me know how the sound and stuff goes here space war that's a black and white game so i set it up to be on an rgb monitor yeah. on coco 3 so wait a second are, are these the keys you press for yes okay and real constellations. Real constellations. Ron DeVoe will appreciate that. Okay, so we have the rocket ship. Oh, I like the rotation of it. Oh, listen to that. Oh, I like that. That sounds they had good. Names for them, like the needle and the, I don't remember what the round fat one was the called. The needle in the haystack? <laughs> kind of. I still haven't quite figured out how that big shot bomb thing works. I don't remember that in the original Space Force, but... I love the uh, kind of gyroscopic gravity. It reminds me of gyrus a little bit, too, you know? Black hole. Black hole, yeah. Centrifugal force. I like that explosion sound. Then your victory screen. Ooh. Ooh. Fireworks. Yeah, it's kind of like what Xenix does, where he does the big yeah. fireworks display. Oh, that's neat. That is really cool. That's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty good. And he uploaded that one. It's on the Color Computer Archive. Free download. So anybody wants it, it requires a Coco 1 or 2. I don't know if it requires 32K or higher. It might work on 16. Oh, my It doesn't my require goodness. joysticks. Michael Pitsley just chimed and says, FYI, I'm on a waiting list for a Coco VGA. There are 30 people in front of me. Current estimated time frame for me to get my Coco VGA is, quote, several months. Wow. So Brendan has got a backlog. I guess that's a good thing. That there's enough demand for it. I know he's already yeah. mentioned there's already, there's already over 100 units of Coco VGA There's over 150, there. I think. Now. Yeah, and now there's 30 more people waiting. So we're going to be nearing 200 Coco VGA units. So there's definitely a market. And I'm trying to remember, uh, is Ed Snyder helping with the manufacturing? I know he makes pieces for it. But I don't know if he if he makes the whole board or he designed something for it. Because that know. other news story will be covering the regular news of Ed's new piece of you know kit there for uh, manufacturing boards may help speed mm. up, catch up the orders. If, Possibly. If, it, Ed, if it's appropriate. Ed, yeah, Ed assembles the board, sends them to Brennan, and then he puts the software and the final touches on it. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if the holdup's on Ed's side. I'm assuming it's on Ed's side because he's got no. so many hardware projects he's doing. So this new machine he's got, once it gets it up fully up and running here, actually might help speed up some of these orders. So maybe it won't be a few months if we're lucky. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like the Coco VG. I think it's a neat... It's a neat yeah, we'll eventually convince Nick. I mean, it took 20-some-odd years for him to use a 6 through 9, so maybe it'll only take 10. Well, I mean, at this cool point, it's really because you can you don't change the fact the game requires a 6309 because it's easy to put a 6309 in a Coco 1. And Easier just, than it is in a Coco yeah, 3. And then just make it, you know, just a couple of – it's real simple. You open up your source code, make a couple of changes to it, and hit save and hit compile, and boom, you're done, Nick. It's just that easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it also runs at half the clock speed. Uh, well, not if you put a 6309 in there. Oh, well, yeah, you now can make up some of that. How many people have got, got oh, that part? Oh, but wait a second. Wait a second. You would need only the 6309, but you need the SAM doubler too, right? You're yeah, talking about the double speed. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
Well, mind you, you Nick, I mean, this this is a 6K mode. It's the same size as a P mode 4 screen. So, I mean, you're not yeah, doing that he, much data. Yeah, but he, he must have needed that for Gunstar, Gunstar anyways, right? He yeah, well, Gunstar, Gunstar needed new extra speed for digitized sound effects running at yeah. a certain frequency in the background, which, I mean, on a Coco 1 and 2 game, you wouldn't be doing because you don't have that timer interrupt anyway. Hmm. I mean, for a Coco 1 and 2 game with, you know, Coco 3 style graphics, that's more what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, so it's not quite as simple as just changing the screen start mode. There's a little bit more going on, but it's definitely doable. And I don't have a Coco 1 and 2 with the Coco VGA yeah, anyway. Well, so. well, Stevie said he'd I'll he buy you one. got you up. I'll buy you one. I'm going oh, to be number 32 in line, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you one. That'll be your early, early Christmas present. Uh, next up here, we have the Pixel Gaiden uh, podcast, which is an audio podcast that is part of the Amigos Network. So I will just mention that this episode 53 that was released on February 28th actually has a Coco section. Uh, Boat, did you get a chance to uh, listen to this, this one? I have not. Usually I listen to that on my commute as I'm going to work, and it hasn't come up on the rotation yet, but I know that there was some heavy Cocoa t- content in this one. I'm going to have to check that one out. Yep. But I, since Boat's here, actually, do you want to explain what Pixelgaden is, what its purpose in life is, et cetera? <laughs> well, it's, it's quite a question. It's purpose in life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Pixelgaden is, is, is sort of like a, uh, it's, it's a retro gaming magazine. It doesn't focus on one particular platform. There are segments... Uh, they always do several things. They do a, a section called Six Good Games. You know, on this one, the, the Six Good Games were about the Coco. They always have, uh, you know, a competition of where each one of the hosts, there are three hosts, two guys stateside and one guy in England, where they all play games and they talk about, you know, like these are some some good ninja games and they talk about the pluses and minuses. So uh, it's, 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 it's sort of a potpourri of retro gaming goodness. And these are, these are long-form shows. The, the actual show, I think, runs around five hours, and then they cut it in half, and they release one in the middle of the month and one at the end of the month. So that's, that's Pixel Gaiden in a, in, in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Neat. So, oh, cool. so they, they actually they record a five-hour show and then split in two. Should we start doing that since our shows are both five hours? <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be yes. on Saturday and then on Wednesday? Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes less is more. Right? So. <laughs> As, as a lot of our viewers keep telling us, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember what games they uh, they demoed on this one here. They did. They they touched on a few besides the six too. Like mentioned a few that they tried. Uh, but they basically did the Xenix, the Contras, Death Chase 3D, Robotech, Double Back, and Mega Bug. And then like I guess they mentioned several others like Crystal City and a few others. So they okay. they picked some pretty good top tier games. Interesting. Very cool. Next up, uh, Paul Thayer put up this uh, without comment. It's uh, kind of like the new logo I think he's going to use for his uh, software publishing. But okay. he did a really cool uh, spotlight effect on oh, it. Oh, he so was very... talking about that, how he was trying to figure that out last time he was on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty neat effect. It's just a quick little you know, 17 second video. So I'll just play it quickly here. No sound or anything. And it almost looks like Aaron at the end there with the so red beard. So red beard, yeah, red beard. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool effect. And I haven't really seen anybody on the Coco try to do that spotlight effect before yeah. with the fading colors and stuff. So yeah, I remember cool. him talking about that on Discord or on the show or somewhere. He wanted to get that where he's like, it's hard to explain, but I want it to kind of come across with the light. And yeah, no, that's neat. Uh, next up, we've got uh, LRU's Outrageous Gaming Project. Now, I've, we've mentioned him a couple times before. He's been doing a lot of retro gaming videos for various platforms. He's been doing kind of a tear on uh, Dragon stuff lately. And he actually records his scores and what Screen D does. So we, you can actually like see you know certain oh, levels of games. Score 960 Screen 2. That's 
Yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah, so he's. We'll have to see if we can get a hold of him and maybe get him on the Game On Challenger and he can actually do a video kind of linked with the show. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, so actually... um, Beam Rider would have ran on the Dragon Fine with that P mode. Yeah, actually screen. was sold in, 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 on, in the UK from Microdeal, yeah. I believe. This was one of the Spectral Cross license things. So he's got a bunch of games I'm not going to play any of the videos here. Um, we are posting the link, though, right? Or will we have the link posted shortly? To that channel, there we go. Should should be in Mark there, yeah. Overholzer's on the spot there. If there's the link to the channel, hit smash that subscribe button, kids. Don't forget to <laughs> like, follow, share. Uh, smack that like button too while you're at it. And speaking of long play videos, we mentioned the Cuthbert Dragon had started doing those little three minutes where he took two games and played it and then cut and paste, you know, different parts together. Well, now he's doing long play videos too. And and for interest to Frodo here, he actually played the Dragon 32 version of Manic Miner, and he actually split into two videos, but he played all 22 levels. Oh, so you my can actually goodness. see uh, the nice. entire, entire game. And then he did Screaming Abdabs, which is a similar style of game. Uh, screens 1 to 12 and then 13 to 14. I, I don't know if that's Wasn't that a Judas have. Priest song? Screaming, screaming for Abdabs. No, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, you got another thing coming with that joke. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> That was a real painkiller. All right, so he's <laughs> trying to take blood out of a bloodstone. Oh anyway. my goodness, we can keep this up all day. So. Yeah. We we can live it up till after midnight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But we might be breaking the law if we do that. Anyway. Oh my God! Well, you stop already. Where is that mute button? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good good times. Good times. At least Bo isn't singing. <laughs> Actually, what we need to do is get hey, a boat and Stevie guy, duet. I would never watch it, but it would be funny. Yeah, even um, the devil bunny <laughs> chimed in saying those jokes are breaking the law. Kevin Holloway's <laughs> crying asparagus. So, yeah. <laughs> so this one, actually, if you read the comments here on the right-hand side, he actually called you out, Stevie, on this one. Okay, hold on. Let's see this. My new game, Dropship, for the MCX32 SD. Exactly. Extract the zip file. Leave all files as is. Don't rename anything. It's a large multi-level space arcade shooter. Have fun. See how you go, Stevie Stro. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have to look for that. So he's got a bit of a video here you can see. This is an MC10 game, obviously, that requires the new MCX32 SD, SD card reader. So. Okay. I've been... Ooh. Ooh, look at that. Look how the... Oh, my goodness. This reminds me of, uh, what's that? Seamus. Yeah, Seamus. But that's only part of it. There's there's actually different parts of the game that play okay. differently. So. I'm not sure why the background keeps changing between green and red, but it's an interesting effect. I think that's part, kind of a timer thing. That's when your power goes down. Oh, look at this. That looks like David Ladd. What is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> Three, five, get ready. Uh, actually reminds me of uh, um, Gunstar. Oh, the boss. Oh, who are you now? Are you the, the guy at the, the bottom? bottom guy. Okay. So, oh, nice explosion. Okay. Yep, the score goes scrolling up the screen. Too. Okay. Nice. And then... And there you go. Okay. Well, it went by really fast, but... All right. I he's got some screenshots here I can show you to kind yeah. of still Okay. Building. I like this. Now, is this written in basic? I think there's got to be some assembly in this. Okay. But some I could be assembly wrong. I, I haven't seen the source, so. yeah. Well, the clip was pretty good. Then you get some mazes you got to go through. So he's got I different like game, like mini games within it too. Yeah. Like it's not just one consistent shooter. Okay. A, now, and and I don't even have to rename the zip file because he's not putting it to Facebook. Because if you change the zip to something else, I'm never going to figure out what to do with it. Apparently, so um, 
Dropship by Daz. Look at that MC10 thing he's got on there. And he's got the flame coming out of the ship. Enter to go game. This is really nice, man. A lot of detail. Um, you might even recognize the... that MC10 logo from what we showed last week from Erico. Yeah. It's that... similar to that, that design. Yeah. Yeah. And it went by kind of fast, as Henry is saying. But um, that that's moving way too fast for it to be you want me to play at it least again? partially in ML. Oh, so maybe he's saying, Henry's saying not that the video went fast, but maybe the gameplay is faster than um, basic and standard support. Basic and yeah. yeah, that's okay. kind of what I guess, too. Okay. So. But in any case... I like it. So, yeah, uh, maybe I'll have to dust off the MC-10 and, and fire it up and uh, try that out. Okay. Challenge I'd love accepted. to see you do a review or a live play of this because I'd like to see the game in action. I don't yeah. have an MC-10. Yeah, so, so maybe uh, – okay, Henry says, yeah, you got it, Stevie. Thank you, Henry. We're, we're on the same page here, you and me, brother, all the way. All right, so cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that tonight and um, mix that up with some Zaxxon too. We, we do have Zaxxon for the MC-10, right? Jim Gary's ported that, hasn't he? <laughs> and Super Zaxxon, I think. Super Zaxxon, right? MCX-128 required, but it's been ported. We're good. Uh, cool. Anyway, that's it for Game On News. So a nice little quick segment there. Great, great job there. Darren Ottery, a.k.a. Daz from Australia, Nick Morenti's neighbor. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, all right, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a commercial break. And um, I won't play all of it, but I'll play some of it. We're going to actually play now, um, if I can find it. Is it under breaks? We're going to play a little bit of his clip of Blue Monday uh, as we take a commercial break. And I know I'm going to get a copyright strike for that, but that's okay. It's worth it. It's a great song. But since we're talking about Daz, and this was a, this was a video he produced for us for the virtual Cocoa Fest last year. This is Blue Monday by New Order as sequenced on the Kalur computer and played by, Dan, uh, by Darren Ottery and his lovely wife. So check this out, boys and girls. We'll be back with more Cocoa Talk after these words.
It's used in the production right. of this That's video. Right. Yes. <laughs> As Nick Marenti <laughs> says, yes. no, no Nitrous 9 was required. That's Coco Midi Pro being run on a Coco. That was Darren. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Darren Autry at his latest hit. His cover of Blue Monday. New Order's Blue Monday. Um, yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to play it for just about a minute or so, but it seemed like the people chatting were, uh, were digging it, so we let the whole thing play. That was something um, that Darren did. He told us that it was a work in progress. We saw some postings on Facebook. He teased it. And then we premiered the whole thing on Virtual Coco Fest. Uh, and was it April of last year? Time flies, dude. Yep. It's been a blur. But yeah, so what we've given you today, folks, is not one, but two musical breaks on Coco Talk because we like the music here. And that was all played and sequenced on a Coco. Good stuff. Quality stuff. Um, some Easter eggs in there, some Nick Morenti's product placement, and uh, as required, everybody in Australia has at least one Nick Morenti's product. It is a, it's a government, right. it's a government law. Uh. <laughs> yeah, here in Canada, we quarantine you in a hotel where we force you to pay it. In Australia, they just send you Nick Morenti's swag. Oh my goodness! So uh, we are now going to go to Michael Furman's favorite part of the show, as he likes to call it, snoozy newsy. But if I, as I've been saying for years, the news segment is a fantastic segment. It's an incredible segment. Curtis Boyle does an amazing job. So get ready, everybody, for snoozy newsy as we have news with L. Curtis Boyle. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Curtis Boyle. Take it away, El Curtis Boyle. Okay, so first of all, uh, the, the snoozy newsy there, this actually helps your health because you can have a nice relaxing nap. You know, Wait, yeah, when it's over. Tune up for a while. And, just uh, you know, turn the sound heart down if I can. <laughs> can we play some soft music in the background, please? <laughs> Elevator music. Here we go. Through Coco Midi Pro. Okay, so there hasn't been enough Nitrous 9 bashing on here, so I thought I'd just add in some good positive stories about Nitrous 9 here. <laughs> is there such a thing? <laughs> so this is a follow-up. Last week we had a Nitrous 9 install video that was made by a YouTuber named Pahandav. Not sure what that stands for. But I didn't realize at the time, but he actually has a blog that's related to it too, and he has the link to his uh, installation disc and his YouTube video that we covered last week. So this is the actual blog entry. Okay. I don't know if he's doing any more Coco 3 Nitrous 9 stuff or Coco 3 stuff in general. So I'll keep an eye on his blog here, but I just wanted to post that up because I did not realize that last week. Um, one other thing, too, is Ron DeVos still in the call? Ron DeVos. He mentioned it was his mother's birthday. He might birthday, have yeah, to I was early. just want to check yeah. to see if he's already yeah. Happy birthday, Mrs. DeVos. You created a wonderful child, Ronald Wallace DeVos. Great man. Incredible man. <laughs> Fantastic the man. The timber man himself. <laughs> yes. So thank you for that. Because I did want to mention, there was one story that he'd mentioned on Facebook and I had looked at it yesterday. It was basically that uh, the current incarnation of Radio Shack is actually selling uh, Tiracetti Color Computer T-shirts. And they actually are calling it Coco in the advert, which Radio Shack which in the States never did never call did. Right. officially. Yeah, the Canadian Intertan one did. I got some this week about that. <laughs> yeah, the I'm Canadian Intertan did. I don't know if Australia did, Nick. I think they did there too. Didn't they nah. call it Coco? No, they didn't. No, nah, they didn't. Uh... Okay, because we've seen I the don't Coco think so. ads. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I don't know. So at any rate, he wanted me to show the uh, the link to it, because, but unfortunately the link broke this morning. It just doesn't come up, so I can't show it to you. But I did want to mention it. Okay. 
Now, this is another one for Nick here. This is uh, Tandy Electronics, and um, John Guidry posted these photos, and it's Tandy Electronics in Australia, including some magazine or uh, catalog covers, picture of the old Tandy Electronics store. So you'll see mm -hmm. no Radio Shack branding. I don't think you had Radio Shack branding in Australia, did you, Nick? No, not Radio Shack. It was always Tandy Electronics. Thank you for the music there, Brian, the music man. And I'll never lose are the champions, my oh, yeah, friends. And we'll keep on fighting till the end, or till well, Curtis that, that, stops the news. That, they're we our weekly catalogs that used to come out. Okay. They were good, those. I used to always look, yeah, look forward they to those. They, they do look good. They misspelled catalog. Catalog. No, they spelled it right. Catalog. Catalog. <laughs> Pardon me. Have you got a catalog? <laughs> Ooh, look at the Coco. Look at the 1983 there? catalog. It's got a color computer on its cover. Look at that. The I had a phone. Computer. You see that phone right there in the left-hand side? I yeah. had that phone. That was my first ever phone. When I got a phone line installed, and of course I got it from Radio Shack, and I was running my BBS, and that was the phone I had right there. Oh, memories. Uh, at least I still have my shortwave. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was pretty cool because I'd never seen the Australian versions of some of these no, catalogs no. and stuff, or even what the Australian. And I'm glad you like. turned them around so we could see them too, because they would they were originally yeah, upside that down. That took a lot right? of prep so, time this morning. <laughs> we are oh, the notice, champions. Notice in the background, the first is the Tandy Electronics. In the back, it says Tandy Computer Center. Yep. Yeah, and I like, yeah, I, like how they here, I like how they have the flags hanging there like a used car lot. <laughs> it's like, come on yeah. down here. All you need is the wavy dude uh, with his arms in the air. <laughs> come on. Does he say what store that is? Like whereabouts? I mean, that looks like a pretty big store. It's like really big. It's like. Well, it's got a computer store as well. So that's yeah, got to be a, a fairly. I mean, they don't normally have that. No. Or didn't try them. Most of the ones in the state to right, be right beside the auction the, uh, house. Yeah, the auction. Hmm. Yeah, that's I don't cool. Know what, what, what that was. <clears throat> I thought it was pretty cool because I, I haven't seen any of those, and I didn't realize it was called Tandy Electronics per se. Yeah, yeah. Neat. And that could be. I reckon the date on that is around 1980-81. Judging by the car parked in the front, uh, it's a Holden Commodore. It, that was a, or could have been eighty two, eighty three. I suppose they had the same model then. That could have been uh, yeah, one of the left. That should have been one of the leftover cars. <laughs> yeah. The car lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <it could> be, <laughs> yeah, just never be, the car lot out. It used to be a used car lot. <laughs> it's, a pile of, it's a pile of rust at the moment <laughs> if you go there now. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, it's interesting. Cool, so. They've sort of got the Radio Shack font and colors going on there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And some more Nitrous 9 news. Yes. I revenge more Nitrous 9. I've got to go now. <laughs> so anyway, a few people on the on the Nitrous 9 OS9 group had been asking, there used to be some utilities that were kicking around that you could create a window fairly easy without having to memorize all the display codes like idiots like me have done. And um, Robert Galt came, you know, came to the occasion there and actually uploaded a disk image where you can download so you can create, you know, a graphics window, a hardware text window, 40 column, 80 column, you know, we can specify everything a lot more easily. Uh, than uh, than normally, and he's also said he's got a version that will do VDG windows. Now G Shell mm. is doing all that on its own now too, but it's it's a bit easier if you just want to create a window. And you don't have to run G Shell. Okay. You just use it. So it's a free download on Facebook. Neat. I don't know if he's put it on the archive yet. Next I... up, uh, Terry Trap 
Sorry, good. No. Is this OS nine as well? No. Well, oh, it phew. might be. It might be both actually. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I can make it OS nine want, but. <laughs> so well, it's an biased. update video to his P two uh, hardware board that he did the SID synthesizer. Yeah, stuff on it. yeah, this is neat. And he's doing his Cocoa Blender project where he's going to have it output like a VT102 terminal and also do mm. the SID stuff and everything else. So he's got about a two and a half minute video. I'll play the whole thing. Uh, it's on Facebook, but for some people or some viewers are not and on This Facebook. might be a good time for Brian Scherbing to give some more company music here. So We are the champions. <laughs> hey guys, it's Terry. Friend. So give you a little update here on the P2. I've been doing board layout uh, in my spare time and haven't done anything hardware-wise, but I came to a point where I needed to actually empirically test something. And that is um, to configure the P2 so that uh, it would hold the halt line low during boot of the color computer. Uh, and once the program starts on the P2, it would uh, allow the color computer to boot. So right now I have the SD card pulled out of uh, of the P2, I'm no longer loading it via serial. Uh, turn that down a little bit, there, Brian. Yeah. Uh, I have the USB cord coming around here. It goes in and have it plugged into uh, the board that I'm interfacing everything with, right there. So there's no there, there's nothing. Um, uh oh, lost my SD card. Ah. It'll turn up. <laughs> It's behind Brian's um, desk. desk. It's behind uh, Brian Schumann's desk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hooked up to this to power the P2 other than the color computer itself. Um, and we're pulling that from the 5 volt line. So whenever I turn on the color computer now, nothing happens. You can see the monitor come up. Oh, they work see for that. Possibly some faint lines. That's a harder project Nothing's I can do. Have something, there. nothing right, works. So yeah, right. Power it back off. I am going to take the SD card and put it into the P2. And now I am going to boot up again. Boom. There we go. So he just booted so to SDC DOS. Up, uh, yep. And you notice on the right monitor, you've actually screen. got some status like, stuff. Like uh, debug stuff going on there or something. And everything booted up as it should. Um, not sure... Uh, If I have the correct values on there, but I did, you know, test it a little bit to make sure everything was good. And it looks like we're we're doing okay. Um, so I think we're we're moving along here. I'm going to attempt to get every control line, data line, clock line that would be required uh, over to the P2 so that we can do, you know, whatever kind of programming we want to 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 do stuff with the cocoa. So this is just a quick update. Um, and I'm going to continue to work on this. We'll see you guys. Okay. So now if you look on the screen on the right there, <clears throat> one of the things he mentioned is in his P2 project for this, the broad project where he's putting all those different types of stuff that built in onto the P2 board was to emulate 6551 serial chips. And if you look at that status screen, that's all 6551 dumps. Okay. Gotcha. Dumping the serial gotcha. port. So gotcha. basically it looks like the 6551 is already working. That's the RS-232 RS pack for those that, that don't know. Okay. That, so. Now, somebody, Steve, explained this to me. When he talks about grabbing the halt line, tell me what that means and why that's important. Rick Ulan, you want to? That's why the Coco screen stayed black. As long as he holds halt, Coco's not going to boot. It's just going to sit there. Okay. 
So that lets him power up his card, let his card do his da-da-da-da-da, I'm getting started. And once it's started, then he can say, go, Coco. Okay. Yeah, instead of having the Coco try to... So, so, so you're, 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 you're delaying the Coco boot to let his board boot, and then his board then will influence what the Coco does once it boots. Exactly. So no, no, no ST card. The Coco never boots because his card never starts. Okay. So it never releases the Coco. Okay. And then later, later on, he could probably use that to take control of the Coco, like for maybe direct data transfers or something. Yeah, direct memory access, so uh, yeah. all kinds of things okay. can be done that way. So he's building basically a whole nother system on this cartridge that's going to be able to do all of its own stuff. What what the stuff that his card is doing is going to help augment or improve the Cocoa, but yeah. in a way it can also kind of control the Cocoa. So it's not a slave to the Cocoa. It's almost making the Cocoa its slave. It can work both directions, okay. actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. This and he's could got be... plans for like you know graphics acceleration. He's got the SID chip emulator. He's got the sixty five fifty one, the VT one hundred terminals. Like he's got a ton of stuff planned. Interesting. So, go ahead, Rick. No, I'm just saying that this is great. Rather than like a drive wire connection to some other host, your Coco has its own host right there in that little device he's got. And yeah. For... Yeah. Oh, so you could like have your own drive wire server built in, not needing a whole other computer, and, and have like yeah. all your files on a SD card for it. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff you can do with this. I yeah. mean, it's like a general I.O. board with a lot of power that hmm. you can do all kinds of okay. stuff. You can emulate and, other pieces of hardware, all kinds of things. Well, now if, now let me ask you, are we starting to venture into the area where we're distorting the hobby, or is this still okay <laughs> for the hobby? Is this okay, or is this distortion? I'm not sure. Where does that line? Uh, you know, heavy distortion in music <laughs> is awesome, so <laughs> I don't see <laughs> Never ask a guitar player if this is too distorting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. My right. distortion goes up to 15. Never mind that 11 crap. Oh, wow. Okay. Neat. Okay. That is cool. Yeah. Next up, uh, Fabian Rodriguez. Um, I think, has he joined our Discord? Do you know? I do not know. I don't know if he has. But I know he's actually been working on trying to update Cocopedia, which is a, a good resource. It's a wiki style thing for the Cocoa related. Uh, is that, hardware, is that Alan Huffman's baby? I, yes, I believe it was. But I mean, Alan hasn't really yes. done too Cocopedia much. Cocopedia is Alan's project. Okay. I just want so to. Well, so that's what you, you asked a question if he's on Discord. I want to remind everybody a couple of things about Discord. If you recruit somebody to Discord, you do get a toaster um, for starters. And also, we do have a frequent flyers, flyers club. So if you are at, on Discord at lunchtime, five days in a row, we will punch your card. And on the sixth day, you get a free uh, lap dance from David Ladd. Okay, so sorry. As you work, Curtis. Now, just to just you mentioned <laughs> what our song? budget's like, the the toaster, we send you a Bic lighter and you have to hold it under the bread and just wave it back and forth until it's toasted. Just so you know. Off for, anyway, void, uh, off for void in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Our lawyers wanted to point that out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Void. And I love the look of seer, uh, the sincere look of absolute disgust and horror on Grant Leedy's face there while we're mentioning that. So. Yeah, because Grant is Mr. Frickin' Highbrow, high standards, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was on Tinder. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, sorry about rails? that. Rails? We don't know any of stinking rails. That's right. <laughs> 
So anyway, Fabian's kind of taken over the Cocopedia, and he's actually been uh, making he's been making a bunch of changes. He's been asking some authors of various things. Can we he link certain things up? Like we were talking about the game site that I I I do. So, but what he wants to know is he wants to like, get a get a list of websites, vendors, blogs, all kinds of things, and he wants people to submit so that he can actually get the Cocopedia completely up to date. And uh, I think he's even got plans for the vendors being able to do their own changes. I think Stevie, you wouldn't want to do that on your site as well, right? What's that? Have it so that oh, yeah, people yeah. can come I, in and change their own Yeah, language. that's kind of my that's my vision for the reimagined uh, I'm a coconut.com, which is some similar in um similar idea. Um this one has been around a lot longer and um So I don't know if you guys yeah. want to like collaborate, maybe not duplicate the effort or maybe share it in some way to make it a bit quicker, easier for uh, honestly at the pace I'm going, I'm never gonna get started anytime soon. So it's probably better <laughs> he just goes down the road he's already on and hopefully our paths will cross at some point in time. So um yeah the wikipedia the cocopedia is completely different from what mine is mine is just going to be a page of links but i am hoping to make that where people can kind of self-service and add their own stuff and then i can just approve it to make it live um so okay it, it's, it's good to see that the cocopedia is actually taking off. yeah absolutely so. absolutely and curtis uh yes he yep. did join the he did join discord uh, who who, uh, who invited him so and we know who to send the toaster to I think Frodo froze too. Okay. So I'm not familiar. Is this actually a media wiki kind of project or? Um, pull it up, Curtis. Open up a new tab. Yeah. And show, pull it's, up. Pull, pull up Cocopedia. It's it's a neat site. It's been around forever. And here it is. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So it's kind okay. of, it kind of looks a lot like Wikipedia, but it's Cocopedia. Well, exactly. I just find this is interesting because I managed one of these at my former job for like 20 years. Based on MediaWiki. And yeah, it does really help. Your users write all the content and you just try to <laughs> keep the users in line, which is keep hurting own... cats. <laughs> exactly. I know Al started this way back, like in 2004. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's been around yeah. a while. Yeah, been around a long time. Gotta go there. Yeah, Cocopedia. Is it dot com, dot net, dot org? What is it? Dot com. Cocopedia.com. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there, I mean, it's it's getting updated now. I did. Yeah. He, Alan has been doing it kind of on and off, but he kind well, of the good news a is burst it, of coconuts and then he well, takes off. Well, it's kind of like your site too, Curtis. Even though it may not be always updated, at least it's always been around. Because unfortunately, yeah, there's, there's a reference. There's right. been sites that have kind of like there used to be another one that uh, there was another Coco something that Coco. Yeah, like Mark, Marcus Bloomrich had the original big Coco super site, and then yeah. uh, Roger Taylor had yeah. a big one too, and yeah. So, yeah, so there have been some ones that were legacy sites that aren't here. So the fact that it's still here is good. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the fact it's now getting actively updated. Yeah, yeah. And, kind of like VCC, right? <laughs> yeah. Unlike my site, even though I did do a small update here recently. Well, if you made, if you made it, uh, if you made yours Curtispedia, then maybe people could, <laughs> uh, could PDA stuff up to it. So. <laughs> cool. I'll give you a PDA something, yeah. <laughs> Okay, this next one here is from Retro Tralos, and it's in Portuguese, I oh. believe. So you might recognize this computer keyboard here. It's from that Coco clone we showed last week, because okay. he did a previous video. Oh, I like how the brake is a little wider. That's neat. Yep. Yeah, you noticed that. So it's uh... and it's uh, the like the the arrow key arrangement is nice too. The original Coco one and two. Yeah, which certain games really require. It sucks yeah. trying to play on the diamond. Yeah. So I mean I don't understand Portuguese, so I don't really know what else was mentioned in here. Though it, he, uh, I'm going to help you out, Curtis. That... Portuguese is very similar to English; it's just different. 
kind of like your thinking process. Curtis <laughs> speaks English. It's kind of like thinking, but it's different. Um, <laughs> at any rate, he actually installs a 6309 in this particular video. He actually shows the chip. Now, I did a translation on his little text blurb. You're kind of describing it. Okay. And he mentions that a 609 is mostly but not fully compatible, but it doesn't really show anything that doesn't work. And he does run uh, the Cocoa Checker, which is a program kind of like the diagnostic ROM mm -hmm. cartridge, except that it's, it's more modern. It handles more RAM testing. It also tests like disk drives and your cassette and your sound and everything else. You actually run through a little bit of that demo. Now, anybody listening here that actually understands Portuguese, I'd love you to review the video and kind of explain exactly what he's saying because unfortunately I, I don't right, know. I'll do my best go ahead I'll take a stab at it I I don't speak Portuguese but I did get a good night's sleep at Holiday Inn Express um, <laughs> find a file that one says find a file that says printer port that says yeah, these chips, are the English parts chips. I can actually understand so <laughs> thanks thanks for uh, being the timing accuracy today. video VDG uh, use arrow keys to move so far I'm translating pretty well what, what do you need here, Curtis <laughs> bye, <Winslow>? bye 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 <laughs> You are an international man. Steve. I am. I'm a Renaissance yep. man. Yes. Yeah. More like a man of mystery. <laughs> so I'll just play Like, I don't know if any of you have actually seen the Coco Checker program. I kind of forgot about this one because it's a very much more extensive testing program for the Coco. So I'll just show a little bit of here. It said something about function wa right there. So. I think he said it sounded like a missile. And a cassette. <laughs> Should have can judge me. Yeah, he's doing way better than I did. There's the, uh, the original sixth. 6809. Yeah, anything that sounded somewhat Englishy, I just assumed what the English version was. 68B09 aqui, né? Normal. Pro color 64. Já carreguei aqui o Coco Shack, né? Ah, the Coco Shack. That a B52 song? The Coco Shack is a little old place where we can get together. Ties with that bump car thing. Hey, Torsten, how are you? Okay. Anyway, it looks like he's, he's doing some explanation of, of the difference between the 639 and 689. From what I read of the description, I would love somebody that can actually translate Portuguese to actually kind of listen to it and to give, let us know what exactly yeah, was being yeah. said. I recognize that guy's picture because I've seen him in the Coco Brazil group on Facebook that I also, I'm a member of that group, but I have no idea what they're actually writing about because um, it's in Portuguese. <laughs> but I do. Um, so I recognize his, I re recognize his picture. Okay, cool. Cool. So hopefully we'll hear her back from somebody. Like, is Diego, does he speak? I don't I think remember. Uruguay and Portuguese are anything remotely related. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, a clue. Yeah, Portuguese is... I, I know Portuguese is related to Spanish, is it not? It's a yeah, kind of it, yeah there are some similarities. Yeah. It's kind of a Spanish-French hybrid with some very... It's a romance language with a it's Latin definitely voice. a romance language, yeah. But it's interesting, like, the Portuguese that we're referring to is Brazilian Portuguese, which is nothing like from Portugal. Portugal. But, kind of like um, Quebec French and yeah, France. Yeah, kind, of like, kind of like Spanish from Spain versus Mexican. You know, they're completely different. So, um, and yeah, so Daddy Kind of like American said, and, and, and the rest of the world English. Too, that's right. American. In America, we don't speak English. We speak American. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, you sure don't that. speak English. Yeah. <laughs> Our English is just better. Yes. <laughs> Online oh, PayPal Lord. donations are now available. Yeah, so Eric and Alice posted this up because they had a couple of people request could they donate some money to Glenside because normally these people would come attend the fest, pay their dues, and that would be part of the money donations to Glenside to you know keep the club going, keep the Cocoa Fest going, etc. So they set up a that anybody wants to just make a small cash donation. Now it's mentioned here on the bottom from uh, Brian Goers that they also accept not just cash or PayPal payments, but they also will accept stuff like uh, equipment donations. Yeah, I think that was, uh, there was there was a thread about this uh, via email because I think this was posted to the mailing list or whatever. So somebody questioned that, like, why are you guys asking for money when you've already got money in the bank and all kinds of stuff like that? But I think it was answered as saying, I believe it was Carlos Camacho who said, I have a lot of equipment. I'd like to um, either donate or I'm going to sell it and then give the profits of the sales to the Color Computer Club. So he was looking for a way to make it easy to either donate equipment or money to the club. And so it was requested by people, and that was why this was put out there. Um, so, um, yeah. And this is the new and improved, uh, still a work in progress, but looking a hell of a lot better. But this is the new improved GlensideCCC.com. So the website for the Glenside Color Computer Club. Eric Canales is the webmaster, and he's definitely given it a nice facelift and overhaul from the classic look that it's had for, for many years when it was hosted by Steve Bjork. So this is a new site, new look and feel, and hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll look sleeker over time, you know? Yeah, no, it's looking good. Next up is another video I'm going to play the whole thing. And we kind of alluded to this earlier, but Ed Snyder of Zipdister Zone, who makes, you know, Coco SDCs and the Gimme X, upcoming Gimme X and stuff. Now he's been falling behind because he makes so many great projects, many, making mini MPIs, mini MPIs, all kinds of stuff. But he's only one man. He's been doing this all by himself by hand, basically. And um, he's now got this machine, which is called a, what is it, pick and place? Well, see, I'm going to, I'm going to translate for you here, Curtis. You see how that writing is in Asian there under the CHMT36VA? So I see all those like Asian looking symbols. What that means is it means automatic chip mounter. I just so I <laughs> see I cheated. I just scanned the QR code and it told me that anyway. I didn't need the uh, translation. So yeah, I want. <laughs> now these are not cheap. I did I did see Jim Brain was commenting on how much these things cost, and it's in the thousands of dollars. So. This, but I thought I'd play the video here because it's it's his first. Um, before yes. you do that, I want to get some music turn uh, queued up. Uh, Brian Shubring, the music man. Have you got the thing, the theme from Terminator that you can play? Because what we're looking at here is the early stages of Skynet. This is when machines are building <laughs> machines, and before you know it, they're going to take over the world. So, dun 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 dun, dun dun dun. Go ahead, Curtis. Play the clip. So, so this is a pick and place machine that I just got, a Charm High CHM T36VA, and I'm hoping to use this to. Make my production a little bit easier on some of these boards. This is a mini MPI board, the bottom side they put in here with some solder paste on it. And I've got the components set here. There's not too many of them. That's why I picked this board for uh, first tests with this thing. A few regulators in the IC tray portion and then some tape. And let's go ahead and fire this thing up. I just calibrated it for the board position. And we'll see if we can run through the whole board without any issues. Uh... 
Exterminate. <laughs> that is wild, huh? Once set up, these machines can save so much time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine uses one too for his uh, Spectrum stuff, and uh, yeah, it makes a big difference. And so when I first saw this video, I wasn't sure what that light was for. I thought maybe that was heating up the solder or something, but that light is actually scanning what it is it's just to make sure it's got yeah. the right part and the right orientation, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it scans the part and especially the orientation because it has to be uh, oriented exactly correct. Yep. How many thousands of dollars is this thing? It's on Discord. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. This one I don't know, but they are... You, they don't start oh. uh, below uh, three, four digits, so yeah, even this simple one is at least four digits. It's about four thousand dollars. Yeah. So talk about talk about making an uh, an investment into the, his hobby. You know, he's making stuff for us as a hobby, and he's making an investment into that. Look yeah, at about ten about ten years ago, I was going to buy one. 4K is what Retro Innovation says, yeah. So you notice it picked these ICs up out of that tray where they yeah. were not particularly oriented, turned them the right way around. Yeah, so it, it kind of scanned it and not says, oh, I got to I gotta rotate this and put it I'm in just there. just learning this machine. Uh, Isn't it cheaper to hire an Asian person? Uh, just, just got children. So far, oh. yeah. way to be politically incorrect there. Yeah, Nick. just said this. Let's give all your parts to Kathy Lee Gifford. She'll get it taken care of. Her. Just in case we were worried about not getting pulled on for copyright strikes on music, oh. there Nick comes up with that. Make oh sure we get my pulled. Where else do they make? Yeah, we're going comments. to get canceled now. <laughs> that is neat. That is that is a machine making stuff, and that's scary. That's the future of assembling stuff. Yes. Wow. Once machines can improve themselves, they no longer need us, man. So and that and would Ed, be Ed was mentioning in the in the Discord chat here, like some of those smaller pieces, he's having trouble seeing them now. I mean, just from age and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, this just solves the problem. It just plops them all in there. That was relatively quick. And even yeah, though, well, you, yeah, best. Oh yeah, best of time that would have been a half hour for me sitting, concentrating, and working on that. Yeah, that would have been for me an hour. Minutes. Less than two minutes to stuff the board. Wow. Yeah. Now, don't, he don't forget, yeah. when it's uh, running, you can do other things at the same time. Yeah. Because it's not just that it saves the time that you normally spend, but you can do other stuff at yeah, the same so time. Yeah, so you can be multitasking. You could be, yeah. you, could be uh, you know, putting his money in the bank and stuff like that. Because yeah, a friend awesome. of mine, uh, a <laughs> friend of mine now actually has time to do his administration and such because he says that machine is doing so much work for me. Yeah. I actually got myself done now time, could now really, could this yeah. be theoretically theoretically lined up let's see look he's got a lot of room there could he have like a half a dozen boards all lined up and have this thing like you know make all make six boards at once if you have the room for it yes um okay so you can yeah, penalize so, with it okay so yeah from you know this was he was testing he's doing one board but obviously if you can get you know a whole bunch of boards in there and have them do them all at once that would be cool and he or a much larger circuit board, like say a Coco Three board. Right, board right. Now he mentioned something about solder paste. So what does that mean? Is it was the sockets he there's, put these things on already kind of pre-soldered? No, there's a there's a solder paste which is uh, pulverized solder and flux, uh -huh. and then there's what's called a um, it's a mask that goes on top, and it's called a what's it called? There's a special sheet that goes over. So, stencil, stencil, right? Stencil, there's a stencil yeah. that goes over. It has cutouts where the components go. And then you slop the pot solder paste over the top. You wipe it across the top like buttering toast, and it puts the solder paste down just in the right spots. 
And so and now they're going to be so it's acting as a, some, a semi-adhesive <coughs> at the moment yep. to hold it to the board, and then you just heat right. that up to kind of solidify yep. and it? Yeah, and you run it run right. it through an oven, which heats it up and causes the solder to melt in the components. Or in David Ladd's case, the frying pan. So yes. so you don't need uh, the wave solder machine anymore. You just okay. no. pick and place an oven. parts here. And you can even blow it with a hairdryer if you have to. <laughs> oh, okay. Got to be careful, though. Low low air. Otherwise, you blow the components off. Oh, yeah. Okay. So maybe a heat gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fancy hairdryer. But, but, you, but I'm sure there's a tolerance of the of the heat you need for, to that's safe for the solder, but not going to screw up the chip, too, right? Because you can overheat the chip, possibly? Or are they tolerant? Or, yeah, but the components yeah, or, designed to take a certain amount of heat. Okay. Or even okay. scorch the board. So, oh, yeah. So, man... Manually, you fit these parts the same way. You solder paste the board, you put the parts on with tweezers, and you use your little rework gun to heat it up. And Okay. Instead, instead, of, instead, of, instead of holding a soldering iron down there on all those little points. And right moving there. it out of the way. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that, when you that. hit it with the blow dryer, it actually, the surface tension actually pulls the part into line. Wow. So you don't even have to be that good when you sit it down. It wow. will suck it. It's almost like cheating at this point. <laughs> yeah, are we distorting the hobby? Yes. Here? yes. Um, yeah. Now, would that, well, also, would this be considered ease of use when it comes to manufacturing? Because some people like to do things the hard way. So is this a little too ease of Just use? Just ask Rick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's cool, though. That now, I want to cool. mention a comment from Aaron, who used to work at IBM back in the day. And he says, dang, when I worked at IBM, I never thought to our topside machines would be affordable to own at home. Amazing. Wow. And he says, I wonder if they make custom reels for that. I worked assembly for over a decade, and this blows my mind. Oh, man. That is neat. So, you know, we've heard people talk about this before because I know um, I know um, Mark Merlet from Cloud9 has talked about how he's invested money into stuff to produce things more efficiently or effectively. And so now this is an example of Ed Snyder uh, investing some money into this kind of stuff, too. You know, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this, that's it's you know, it's, it's a hobby. But he's providing products like like a lot of people out there are. And at some point in time, and, and I think that's one of the things, one of his challenges, he makes so many things and there's so much demand for those things. How do you how do you meet the demand in a reasonable time frame? Like we're looking at 30, 30 people waiting on a Cocoa VGA, things like that. So um, it's a good problem to have, but it's also if you're able to address it, that's wonderful, you know? Yeah, I mean, and several of his projects, I mean, <clears throat> they, they, they come out, you know, in a quick burst. They're sold out within two days, and then he doesn't get back to that product for like three months because he's got so many other products people right. are waiting in line for. You know, so. And you know what I love about some of the Ed Snyder stuff? Like he does, like some people are like, we're going to say, hey, I want to design something. What do you think? What should it have? And you have this whole design by committee thing and asking people what they want. And then sometimes you get feature creep and maybe it never happens or maybe it's over-engineered or whatever. I don't ever remember Ed Snyder ever posting a question. Hey, guys, what do you think? Should I make a multi-pack? Should I make a sound card? Should I? Man, he just <laughs> makes them, right? So he makes yep. them, and he throws them out there, and guess what? We gobble them up, and we buy them. He's kind of like Apple, right? We didn't know we wanted this until Apple made it, and now we got to have it, right? So it's kind of like that's what Ed does with his stuff. He just makes cool stuff that everybody wants to have. And um, neat, neat, neat. I like it. Yep. That's, that's very cool. So I wonder if those components will stay on the board well enough for him to flip the board over and and pick the other side before they get heated. No. Yeah. No. 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 Nope. No. Nope. So, 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 so here's a dumb question: Would would there be an advanced version of this machine that had kind of like a an easy bake oven that things could just kind of go through a conveyor belt and get warmed up as they're being put together, like an all-in-one? You know. 
I'm sure bigger systems they do. They go yeah, the reflow. I'm, they I'm, do I'm, exist. I'm kind of imagining like Pizza Hut, right? You got all the pizzas on the conveyor belt, and they're just kind of going <laughs> yeah. through, and they they go in raw, and they come out cooked, you know. So, <laughs> so they do exist. Yeah, they do so exist. For instance, yeah. the, the 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 infamous JLC PCB, where everyone gets their cheap parts, will only do one side. Mm. They won't bother to reload, flip it over, and reload it. They one side, eat it, it's done. That's cool. Yeah, imagine if you're getting one with the built-in ovens and stuff, you're probably getting up to the five-digit cost range at that point. Or, you know, at least, yeah. That's something. Yeah, that's amazing. And like I said, that was his first test, and it actually looked like it did fairly successfully. Not the most complicated board design, but uh, definitely you could see the time saving. Right, right. Putting those little tiny pieces on there. Like, not the chips, but the little... Oh, I'm, those I'm are tiny. <laughs> picking parts out of trays bit, because that never used to be possible, and that is cool. Yeah, the hard, the hardest part, uh, the hardest parts to do are uh, chips with mo with many pins because they have uh, such a precision placement. Uh, uh, resistors and such aren't that hard, but uh, as soon as you get uh, sixteen or more uh, pins per side, it becomes interesting because then you have to be very precise with your machine. Yeah, and I don't know, but I do know that he mentioned that now that he's got this, he's hoping if it goes fairly smoothly, this will be the final thing before he starts manufacturing Gimme X's. And he said because of this machine, he might be able to start selling them as of this summer. Oh, neat. Cool. Very. Okay, Dragon. next up, we have our Dragon story. So John Whitworth posts in the Dragon Facebook group that he has some lowercase kits now available for sale for 18 pounds for the Dragon 32, Dragon 64, and Dragon 200. Now, these are not just the plain lowercase kits like we were used to back in the day, like from Dennis Bathory kits and some others. These are the ones that actually have multiple character sets built into the ROM, so you can actually switch between them. They have inverse video built in, so you can turn that on and off. So it's actually got a few options on it, and it's a pretty cheap price for it. And uh, It's almost like a it. mini Coco VGA. With not quite that advanced, but, but, but I mean, right, it's, but, yeah, it's, with it's the font side cool, of yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So it's a little satellite board and it's sold in kit form. So you put the chips and stuff on yourself here, but it's 18 pounds. I don't think it's that much. That's what, about 25 bucks or something? Mm -hmm. So Maybe. he's got some samples here. Like you can see, this is a kind of a bolder CGA style font. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like it. still in there. Then there's the inverse video version of it. Yeah. There's, there's the a lower case. case. Yeah. There's a thinner lower case. No inverse thing. at all. Huh? There's one with some serifs and stuff on it. Little case version of that. The st standard stock. Now, logo. how do you switch fonts? Is this uh, physical switching, like toggles and stuff, or will there be software selectable? I used to know that, and I've forgotten now because we covered this quite a while ago. So okay, that's neat though. I like I it. I like options. So this should work on a Coco as well, right? Because it's just basically um, hacking the. Yeah, VDG. as long as it physically fits, I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, He's got some smaller fonts here too. You can see where he shrunk the yeah. lowercase characters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're like small uppercase. Yeah. Yeah. They're baby case. Um... Yeah, so user <laughs> 60 says that it, that it's uh, 18 pounds is about three pints in London. <laughs> <laughs> now that's proper money translation there. Uh, that, that's a cheap part of London, actually. <laughs> That's good. That means if you skip a weekend at the pub, you can afford to buy one. Wow. But who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priorities. Priorities. Three anyway, I, I know we mentioned weekend? this before, but he's actually got the kits on sale. He's got several of them you know, made up and ready to go, so you can actually just go online and order them. So That's cool. 
And that is it for the news this week. Yay! News is over. Thank God. <laughs> oh, did so, I sorry, say that sorry out loud? everybody's got the short yeah. nap today instead of the <laughs> nice long the news. Uh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> well, I guess you can run the outro. <laughs> Cue outro. Um, all right. Well, we have not run any actual commercial breaks. We've done two music breaks. So uh, we will run an actual commercial break, and then we'll come back with, well, I don't know, but uh, you know, discussions, topics, whatever else you guys want to talk about. I don't know. We've we've covered all the main segments of the show, so now technically it's all bonus content at this point here. And how much have you paid? None. How much more are you gonna get? More. So it's all good. So we're gonna take a commercial break here. I'm gonna find Still a commercial. We're gonna find a commercial here. Let's see. All right, Curtis Boyles. Uh, we're going to do some ease of use and just hit clear for you. So double Nitrous 9 uh, commercial Ooh. here, and we'll see you all in just a minute. We'll be back after these words. And now, this message. Hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Zack crew of people. Hey, everybody. This is Bill Noble, co-author of Nitrous 9. You are listening to Coco Talk Live, the leading live Coco Talk show. Good day, mates. This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS 9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Walsing Matilda. Using OS 9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS 9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events, to persons living or dead, is purely coincidental. Hi, this is Max Jackson, live from Coco Fest. And you listen to The Real Gamer, Steve Shrove. We're traveling through a dimension both of sound and ideas. We're at a place where the mind can comprehend and devise a solar radio, a wireless transmitter, measure time and light. 65 electronic projects brought to reality with this science fair kit. Astonishing, perhaps. But you can find it for Christmas, for $17.95, in a place that's known as Radio Shack. Radios, stereos, recorders, everything in sound. A whole new approach.
Download EOU today at lcurtisboyle.com. Hi, this is Sean Wheatley, and you're listening to Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Stroke. The Coco Talk train wreck is over, and we welcome you to the last surviving car. Join us in Zoom for Coco Talk Caboose, a recap of today's show. Coco Talk Caboose starts now. All right, and there you have it, folks. So we have brought you panel introductions. We brought you project updates and acquisitions. We brought you game on results. We gave you the game next week, which is Zach's on. We've given you news with L. Curtis Boyles. Now how much would you pay? But wait, there's more. You still got old guys talking about old stuff, and here we are. Uh, I have no idea what anybody else wants to talk about, but you all have free reign to discuss Where's my damn toaster? <laughs> oh, did you invite him, Grant? Did you? All right, Grant. Now, did you also get your card punched this week? Did you get your um, Discord lunch card punched? No, no, I did not. It's nah. my birthday. It's my birthday week, so. Oh, is it your birthday? Hey, let's let's sing happy birthday to Grant, everybody. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy birthday, happy birthday to, to you. Cha cha cha. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. To, come on, guys, put some feeling into this. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, grandmother effing lady. lady. Happy birthday, you SOB. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Uh, can you feel the love, Grant? Can uh, you feel yeah, the I, love? Feel the, I feel the boot in my ass. <laughs> you're, you're either feeling the love or maybe that's gas. I'm not sure. So we are. How are we doing on time? How long have we been? Two and a half hours. That's a short show, but that was good. Um, you don't have. We don't have to be a four-hour show every week. You don't have to be four hours just because you can, right? So sometimes less is more. Leave them wanting. So Frodo's more. stream this morning is actually longer than Coco Talk. That's a rare. Wow. Well, I'm, some of Grant's streams have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, David Ladd, how are you, David? I'm fine, dear. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, honey. <laughs> so, David, did we, did we do okay? Did we do you proud today, David? Do we have a decent show? I don't know. There wasn't any maiming or, or decapitations. This train wreck didn't happen. Oh, man. So you're saying it was a and decent show. no floppy show. talk. No floppy talk. Yeah, thank God. Oh, so, decapping. Um, now, something, I know we, I mentioned this. Maybe we'll, we'll put it up to uh, audience uh, suggestions, too. But at one point in time, I had a problem streaming, and it just so happened that when I stopped streaming and when Mark Bosley picked up the stream, it broke the show and the news apart. And that wasn't intentional, but when I, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to edit these back together. When I post them as the podcast, I'm just going to post part one is the show, part two is the news. And I'm just wondering if anybody sees any value to doing that, to maybe taking even the live stream and just taking a quick break where we end the show show and then we pick up the stream again and we do the news as a separate stream. And that way when people are watching the replays, those who are more interested in news can jump straight to that. Those who are less interested in news can skip that. I don't know. I don't know if there's any value in trying to do that on purpose, but I guess we can throw that question out to the panel and, and the audience if you guys want to chime in on your thoughts on that, if it's necessary or not necessary. But I don't think it makes a difference, especially with the indexing. 
As you were yeah. say, with Sloopy doing his indexing, it should be no yeah, difference. it's kind of pointless. So okay. It's just an extra waste of time. Extra waste of time. So you're going right. to separate the good part from the rest of it? <laughs> well, which one is the good part? <laughs> I'll leave that as an exercise it's, for the reader. Yes. Exactly. Is there a good part? <laughs> Have we thought about yeah. having a hour-long Nitrous 9 segment each week? I think about that every day. That, um <laughs> I, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Curtis. We can, know you can. Curtis can. Yeah, Curtis will dial it back and give us the short one-hour explanation. <laughs> yeah, let, let me explain the semi-source listing for Kern here and exactly how it works. And that'll okay. Eight-hour special. Oh. Yeah. And we can have a floppy segment, and I can okay. go deep into the floppy. And then we've when had. When he gets when he gets Steve to rage quit again. It's been yeah. kind of a couple of years since right, that happened. Right, right. So right now the people are all chiming in saying there's no need to do that because uh, Kevin Holloway says, then we need to find the new stream. Torsten says, for me it's fine as is. Jeff or Jaff says, not necessary with indexing. And James Jones says, works for me. So apparently nobody needs this. It's not necessary. So we won't do it on purpose, but it might happen good. on accident. You just never know. Um so yeah, sometimes the, the the sometimes here's my here's my thought about the show. There's there's not a precise time. There's not a formula to this, right? So sometimes we've got no topic, we got no plan. We end up having a four hour show, and it was just four hours of spontaneity, and it was a good four hours. Sometimes uh, you know, ratings. you know, sometimes we got four hours and we beat the horse for three and a half hours that didn't need to be beaten. So it, it's not it's not a science. It's not perfect, but. Um, I'm a fan of less is more, and if we don't have a regular four-hour show every week, I'm I'm okay with that. But um, sometimes it's good content, and it's just going to go. For me personally, though, like even right now, I'm not tired. But there's some days after two or three hours, it's like, dude, I'd love to keep going, but I'm kind of I, I got to put a fork in this thing. But that might be a time then we can have somebody like Mark Bosley or Grant or Rob Inman pick up the stream where I got to tap out, guys. But you guys have fun, and Mark, you take it away, and and that would be the time where it would become a two-parter, just because you know. Um, so there's no wrong way. Just like there's no wrong way to cocoa, I guess there's no wrong way to cocoa talk. So we'll just we'll, as always we kind of play it by ear. Um, See what sticks took- to the wall. Yeah. I took uh, Brian Joyce's numbers for the first 199 episodes and yeah. divided them out. It came out 3.21, which is three hours and a quarter. Okay, so average. average of three and a half, three and a quarter hours per three show. Three and a quarter hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and it's like you guys were mentioning that show now. It's a five-hour right. podcast, okay, I right? Well, why I don't have my, my food stamps yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, basically so, somebody want to mute Slippy? There we go. I got him. All right. Um, yeah, like so, they, those guys are doing that five-hour podcast. That's a lot of time. You know, even though you break it in half, and I guess like what you're saying, you have a commute and you're listening. You can listen to it in pieces. But I would feel bad for somebody who had to listen to four hours of us on a weekly basis, <laughs> let alone like you know five hours on a monthly basis. So I'm trying to think kindly of our audience. <laughs> so. Uh, we have fast forwards. Yeah, Jason says Coca Talk is four parts jelly bean, three parts marshmallow. So I guess he has a formula for it. There's, <laughs> there's the there's the recipe right there. Can always Just turn it off. They paid their money. They knew what they were getting. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can always. You can I, always... I've always been a fan. The show takes as long as the content drives it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that is one hundred percent. Trying to true. restrict it to being like it's going to be an hour. It's going to be just two hours. I mean, there's no, the time no, yeah. You don't want to have any pre-imposed limitations. But I think we should always yeah. be trying to think consciously of being as concise as possible. And you shouldn't stretch it to be three hours. Just yeah, sake yeah, yeah. Filler. Either. Yeah, we don't need a filler. Right. So. I have enough of that done, in the news already. Philip. We've so. done three, four-hour shows of just news. 
That's true. Yeah. That's true. But again, and I think of everything, even though it's good, three hours of news is a lot of news, so maybe break it up. You know, I'm, I'm assuming I didn't finish listening to the show this week. Well, if you guys I've been would busy. keep canceling the news segment during certain shows, <laughs> there, we wouldn't have to do that, you know. <laughs> it was our 200th episode, Curtis. Cut me some slack. So um, cool. Well, I enjoyed today. Uh, thanks for letting me host, guys. I appreciate that. Um, it was my pleasure. Uh, anybody else have anything else you want to talk about? Any parting words, final thoughts, things to share? Can you hear me at all, guys? Yes, Brian, we can hear you. Beautiful. Okay, thank you. My uh, audio has been messing up, so. Yeah, we can hear you. I, I have a question for Boat, since he's actually on the call right now. Um, you guys are, I, I know what the next game is for the next Coco Show, and I know I'm supposed to do a review for it. So when is the deadline for submitting a review on your Discord? Uh, our deadline for submitting a review is before we record. We're probably not going to record. Uh, we're going to do Rescue on Fractalus next. Uh, and it probably won't be until at least the middle of this month. So I'd, I'd say uh, probably if you get it in before March 18th or so, you'll, you'll be good to go. Okay, that's what I'll do then. Yeah, and if you're at all interested in uh, the Amiga, we reviewed uh, Captain Planet on Amigos, uh, one of probably one of the, the least appreciated games rightly so on the, the <laughs> i was just gonna say rightly so <laughs> if, if if you have any fond memories of uh the captain planet cartoon from the early 90s well what's what's wrong with you first of all but, yeah exactly but it translated just as well into video games and form. by our powers combined we have now made a shitty game into right. match the shitty show so <laughs> the game was worse the game was worse than the show oh is that even possible wow take it yes <laughs> Stevie, you should have been part of their marketing department. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a question in chat, guys, from Scott yes, Cooper. Scott. Is there a good Asteroids clone game for the color computer? Yes. Which one? Oh, right, did you want your answer. <laughs> you just looking for Part B, what would it be? <laughs> yeah, right. uh, my, my personal favorite from the ones that are out there would be uh, Star Blaster by Microworks. Okay. Which is a, kind of a it's a bit more than just plain Asteroids. It's got a little bit of stuff from Asteroids Deluxe, but it's not a full Asteroids Deluxe clone because it has the shields. Okay. Um, there's also a trans code that was being worked on. Um, I can't remember who was doing it now. but um, That was um, the guy who did uh, the other one too, the Night Lord. Is that Jason? I'm trying to think of his name right now. Okay. Which I know is in development, but it's not yeah. done Mark yet. McDougal? Mark, Mark McDougal. Yes, Mark McDougal. Mark yes. McDougal. Oh, yes. Mark McDougal. So there might be an actual, you know, MAME style arcade clone of it coming. There's out a really good Asteroids on the MC10. That's like in P mode one. That's really good. That one. Yeah. Um, what about Microbes? Would you say Microbes is decent? It's it's decent. It's not as good as Star Blaster. Okay. And what else? How many? I know we had like a lot of Centipede clones, a lot of Pac-Man clones. How many Asteroid-ish type clones did we have on the Coco? Uh, not anywhere near as much Centipede or Frogger or Pac-Man. So are we thinking sure. in the twos of threes or? Um... Uh, there might be three or four total, but I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, Meteoroids is like Asteroids. Oh, yeah, the uh, Meteoroids one that we so that we showed the cartridge of. What is that one like? Well, Meteoroids is uh, Microbes. It was the oh, so just was selling it, was, it on okay. their own. It was called Meteoroids, and when they okay, licensed so, it to Tandy, it became Microbes. Okay, so that's Microbes. Okay, so that's the same game, different name. Yeah, so yeah. Microbes was uh, kind of packaged as you're shooting germs right you're so rather than shooting asteroids so that's the spin the copyright avoiding spin they put on no, this is not asteroids no nothing to do with asteroids these are germs we're shooting germs right so um pay no attention to that man behind the curtain there um okay so there's we're still thinking of about two asteroids games that we can think of right now yeah i'm trying to remember 
other ones. Um, there was a lower res one I remember seeing way back, and unfortunately I don't remember the name of it. It's not on my site yet, so I got I got to try to find that again. As you I... know, what would be really interesting, but potentially hard to make. But if somebody did like a low res semi graphics asteroids that looked similar to the twenty six hundred one, you know, with the big giant solid colored asteroids that moved around, but getting the angles to to semi graphics to move smoothly, I know that know how the bite boundaries are. That might be. A challenge, yeah, but that, that might be that, rough. That, that, oh, that Nick! <laughs> that, that was the real genius of the 2600 port, was that the graphics were extremely low fidelity, but the asteroids moved so smoothly, and they broke apart so well that uh, it was a fun game to play, even though it was about as basic as you could get. Yeah, yeah. The, the best way to do that is to make the asteroid field bigger than the screen, oh. so that asteroids can be bigger, and the screen is a pan around a larger space. Okay, mm. right. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's too, yeah, too coarse. And, and Coco Man saying Space Rocks, question mark. Was there a game called Space Rocks for the Coco? Yeah, there oh, was like... a, it was a basic game on one of the T&D cassette or Chroma set or something like that. I remember that one. It was actually okay. in, in text mode, but it actually played quite well. It had key repeat for, you know. Okay, so stuff, what so. was the one that you suggested again, Curtis? What was that called? Star Blaster by Microworks. You can find it on my website. If you Star want to it Blaster, out. it's on Curtis's website, and hopefully it's in the archive, too, if you want to take it a is. look at that. Okay. It's a blast with the math tutor. It, it's yeah. one of the very few third-party ROM cartridge games because Microworks actually ah, sold it as a cartridge. Interesting. So maybe that should be in our in our list, Nick Marotta, if you're taking uh, notes yeah. here for I the Game on Challenge. Um, yes, sir. So send your check to Nick Marotta, care of Game on Challenge, Coco Talk, <laughs> uh, Walla Walla, Nebraska, uh, 90026. And, um, yeah, tax-deductible donations are accepted. Um Cool. And straight cash bribes, too. He's no <laughs> All right. Anything else? Any further questions? No further questions? Are we good? Are we good? Are we ready to put a fork in this one? Oh, I, was, I want another one for Frodo. Uh, you were planning on, you've been doing these this series here of streams on Saturday mornings of the first year or two of a particular platform. You did the, uh, the ZX Spectrum, ZX81 today, this morning. And you've covered some other ones in the past. And I know you're planning on doing a Coco Dragon one at some point. Do you know when that's scheduled? Uh, not exactly yet. Um, I am working on that one, but there's a few I've worked on. By the way, I'm doing them on Saturday morning for you, but I also do them on the Thursday uh, afternoon, your time, because uh, I spread them over both. I am working on the Coco one, but I'm still uh, I'm working on a few at the moment. And I want my next one to be a console again. It will probably be the Sega Genesis, as you would call it over I love there. that. Love that machine. Or we, of course, call Mega it something Drive. completely different. Mega exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably my next one. And after that, I want to do the Amiga, but I have a bit of an issue with that one. So it might be that I do the Coco uh, next week or the week after. But I'm not quite sure yet because I also have some uh, upcoming uh, weekends where I have to work for uh, migration. So it's a bit difficult with planning. But we'll see. Yeah. I don't okay. want to. I, just, uh, I didn't know if you had it scheduled yet or just it was tentative. So. No, I'm. Uh, Trying to go, basically, I'm going week by week at the moment, uh, trying to get stuff done. It uh, has been a bit busy lately, as you may have noticed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have been in a few of my streams, and I had some extra streams uh, lately also with uh, a co stream with a friend and such. So uh, I'm uh, actually going week by week and uh, see what I can do. But the Coco shouldn't be too uh, much. I, let's put it this way I expect at least this month. I don't know when exactly, but sometime this month. Okay, cool. If you, if you do get it kind of cemented down, let us know and then uh, or let of me course, know. I can post uh, on Discord, etc. Mention the show. Yeah, I post on Discord anyway when I uh, go live uh, with something that has Coco in it, just like I did with the Frogger one. 
Yeah. So yeah. I will. I always do that. Yeah. So uh, Salvador Garcia just joined us and says, is there any additional resources to know more about XROAR? Um, and Sixty, who just responded to something else, is the person to ask Salvador. Sixty is Karen, who uh, writes and develops oh, XROAR. <laughs> Yep. So you can reach out to Sixty on Discord, or I think he's on Facebook too. Look for Karen Anscombe in Facebook. Um, and so Sixty is saying Star Blaster does indeed seem pretty neat and fast. And now Sixty's providing the link to the XROAR website that you can get to as well. But yeah, reach out to Sixty, and we have an emulator channel in Discord. You can ask questions about emulators in Discord. The our experts are standing by. It's kind of like the Genius Bar at the Apple Store. We have experts standing by in Discord, twenty four seven. Except we're not as pompous. <laughs> Except in this case, people actually know what they're talking about. Yes, we do. Oh my. Um, all right, we're going to play the closing credits, and then it's your final, final chance for final, final thoughts after the credits. So we'll be right back, boys and girls. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our website, cocotalk.live. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Alan Murphy, Bill Noble, Brian Joyce, Brian Weasler, Curtis Boyle, D. Bruce Moore, Danny O'Connor, David Ladd, Eric Canales, Grant Leedy, James Diffendaffer, Jason Reichert, Jim Brain, Ken Reichert, Mark Bosley, Mark Overholzer, Mikey Furman, Mr. Dave6309, Nick Marentes, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Paul Fiscarelli, Richard Lorbieski, Rick Adams, Rick Eulin, Rob Inman, Rondell Vaux, Samuel Gimes, Sloopy Malibu, Steve Bjork, Terry Steggy, Tom C., and many more. Please help support the Coco community. A list of various contributors and resources are available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T.com. The original Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. The new Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2020 by D. Bruce Moore. Both are mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Coco forever, people! All right. Sad about that. That's it. Okay. So, sixty says sometimes you could pronounce it just "Hey you." So we're trying to figure out what is the way you know. So I know it's pronounced Karen with a hard C or K sound. It's not Sierran as some people might assume, which I know I did the first time I saw his name. But yeah, so it's Karen. I'm not sure if it's like Karen, like Karen from Facebook, or if it's you know whatever. But anyway, like Karen. So, Kieran. So, Kieran. yes. Yeah, so, Sixie will answer that question for you. And he did by saying, sometimes it's just pronounced, hey, 
you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Karen Anscom, author of XROR for the Dragon and Color computer. And thank you, Mark Overholzer, for being here, and L. Curtis Boyle. Thank you for, mm -hmm. for all of that stimulating news that keeps me awake. I don't know why Mikey's always complaining. I always say the news is like a shot in the arm. It is a vault of invigoration, and we appreciate that. Um, Some people are never happy. No, it's Mikey. What do you want? So he's from California. So Sloopy Malibu, thank you. And Rick Eulen, thank you. You're too kind. Grant Leedy. The slim, sexy beast that you are. You are just <laughs> looking like a freaking sex machine. Thank you for being here, sir. Mark Bosley's in the house. Thank you. Frodo. Uh, and when we say press the button, Frank, today, we're going to say press the button, Frodo. Um, <laughs> Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Thank you for being here. Brian, the music man. Brian, you want to play a little closing theme song for us, a little music for us, a little something, something? Uh, here, I've got an idea for, for a show segment. I would like us to do... Um, kind of like an American Idol that we'll call Coco <coughs> Idol, where people can submit, just pick a backing track like a MIDI file or something and just sing a brief you know, verse or chorus over a backing track and then submit it and then we can all vote on it and we'll pick Stevie, each week. Have you, seriously, have you heard any of us singing? Like, <laughs> that's, really that's, this? That's, that's the point of it. It's going to be good comedic value. I know, I know there is... Um, I know there are actual really talented people like Bruce Moore and uh, Samuel Gimes and, and Darren Audrey, but the rest of us, I think it's going to be funny to hear the dogs howling, um, and then we can vote on who. You know, I've got a like, perfect one for the dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who let the dogs? I was only out? asked to be more like. <laughs> Steve, even Aaron along. agrees with me. He mentioned it there. That's a very bad idea, Steve. Trust me. <laughs> he has to go through this with Boat every episode. <laughs> Uh, I was asked to sing once by a friend of mine at okay. 3 a.m. at his uh, marriage, uh, so everyone would leave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Clear the house. All right, Brian, music man, play us out. Give us a little something, something. We are the champions, my friend. Oh, yeah. David Ladd, were you excited to be here today? Maybe. I'm sure he was. <laughs> What the hell are you doing there, Music Man? Can you hear that or no? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm a Barbie, Barbie world in a Barbie world. Aqua. Yeah, you got it. I told you. So Aqua. Yeah. This will get people to stop watching the show. Okay. So, <laughs> on that note, literally and metaphorically, we are going to press the button, Frodo. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.